Okay. Damn. Cool. What you looking at? Porn on the work computer? Poker. It, it and did porn. look. It did oh, look like no. that. Huh? Yeah. That's that little splash screen. Boy, that's our intro. Oh. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Tethered Podcast. It is Antonio Brego. Enrique Malfaon. And we have a special guest today. I got to say my name or are you going to say it? You can say it. <laughs> you say it with a little... little. Demarcus Allen. You know me. This is Demarcus Allen from Paris. He is a well-known fashion photographer. Um, amazing, talented guy. Um, so, yeah. Very talented photographer. Thank you, man. Um we met a couple years ago, maybe... 2017, January. 2017, and we met him through DxO. Mm-hmm. Uh, DxO1, which a lot of people know from the sensor, right? They would check the sensor of cameras, the ISO. Um, they that would was go a, into detail, yeah, right? That was a DxO Mark, the website. Yeah. And then from there, they started to create their own software, and then after the software, they created their own camera, which was the DxO1, which had a the famous one-inch sensor inside of it. Yeah. And did you ever use DxO Mark? No, uh, only in, no. Only, every once in a while, just to look at uh, like specs, right? Yeah. Didn't, I, they, didn't I, they do all? That? I feel like I did all the time. Like every I time did. I wanted to buy a camera, I'm like, which which one has better dynamic range? Go to DxOMark.com and just like look at the sensors mm-hmm. and shit to see which one had better uh, <laughs> dynamic range. It was crazy. Like I never looked at it until I started working there. Once I started working there, then I started to care more about like the dynamic range yeah, or the, yeah. you know what I mean? But before that, it was just like, I just want to take a nice picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think for me, like I, I used this a little because I was changing out of Fuji going mm-hmm. into Nikon. And then at the time I just Googled what camera has the most. And at the time was the DA10. Yeah. I guess yeah. their SEO was on point because yeah. technically when you would type that in, I think DxO Mark was literally one of the things on top that the, would show Nikon. yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was just because, for cameras like anything it would be on top of but especially the that nikon because uh if i remember correctly it ended up having like the highest score or whatever and it did, yeah. so yeah. they I put it up too. but then also nikon pushed it and then also dp review pushed it so it always kept them DP like right review, at the top i think i, I saw remember DP that time. review more often than dxl yeah 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 i remember that time now i think that's why i was so proud to have a da10 yeah because i had one i was like this and even when they had the da50 we were talking about this the other day mm-hmm. and i was like i still need this d i was like da10 is a perfect hammer i, I have like, I don't such need good memories for the i DA10, wanted it i would rebuy an old just to have you did I, you had two i think right you had two da10s or am i like tripping currently no back then uh am i tripping did i i thought at one point you did i liked them i just hated the ergonomics of a nikon camera so I couldn't use them. I hated the so ergonomics. Yeah, and I just hated the menu system. I could never figure really? it out. But yeah. I, like, whenever I would hold one and shoot it, I would just always fall in love mm. with the sound of the shutter uh, of a yeah. Nikon. Once you figure it out, bro, like it's there's so many buttons on it, but that once you figure it out, it's even better Dude, the, because you have so many customization features well, that you can do, especially think, this guy. And I think that's something to like even. People say the same thing about Sony cameras. And mm. for me, it's not really like they say like the menu system is tough. But for me, because I started photography on yeah. Sony, it's just mm. it's like sense. native. But Sony didn't you know? have Sony You're doesn't have the buttons, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sony doesn't have the buttons like Nikon does. No, no, no. Nikon yeah. got buttons everywhere, like in the secret See, compartments that, and the battery drawer. For me, like that's the thing I love because like I you know, I love using hotkeys in the programs. So yeah. to me, I look at it as hotkeys. So mm-hmm. I just would learn what they would do. And I even like would do like multiple button combinations to switch camera profiles. To Bro, switch it. Yeah. It's like, let me tell you this guy, <laughs> like if there's a person that uses every single Nikon button, it's this guy, 
Bro, he would be like, all right, so when we're shooting, I got I got a custom setting for the feature table. Mm. But when we're out in the next room, I got a custom feature for this room and this lighting. Yo. So all he has to do is switch a custom setting yeah. for each room Everything and he's I, ready to go. Every time I shoot, yo, I'm the person who actually uses the least amount of buttons on the camera. Yeah, like, yeah. as long as I know what mm-hmm. the ISO is, the, yeah. the shutter is. You just is, change and, it in the room. Yeah. That's how I used to be. And now I feel like I'm a hybrid. I'm a hybrid. I'm I'm you and him because he's got me using these custom settings. Yeah. And it but makes it same, faster, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. But that's like when people ask me which camera should I buy because of based on but, you know, such and such features. I'm just like, I don't know cuz I only use 3. Like mm-hmm. I only use the most basic stuff for photography. So yeah. like even like I shoot on the the Sony A7R4, but I don't use that thing for not even half of what it's capable of doing. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like the the features are what like I just no. Have you done billboards? Uh, billboards. Have I done billboards? Because I know you do a lot. You do you do a lot of magazines and magazine covers and yeah. Have your images been used on a billboard or something large print like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean not billboards, but they've been using large prints. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to have the A seven R four for that because it's sixty one. I think sixty one mm-hmm. megapixels. So that's yeah. cool. But yeah, I like I yeah. keep it extra yeah. I, basic. I, I've done one billboard where it was actually on the. Fuji XT1. Yeah. I think it was like 16 megapixels. But that's the thing. Like, it's like it when, was you, good. when you really look at it, it's like people say, well, is this camera good enough to shoot on a billboard? Well, when was the last time you got up close to a billboard? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, all Never. the cameras are pretty much yeah. good now, right? Yeah. But the, you don't get close enough to mm-hmm. distinguish if the detail is 16 megapixel or 31. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? The I heard that, that the most important place for resolution is actually... Like uh, like the posters or or the the, the wall art in a casino maybe mm-hmm. or or like poster size or like maybe something like uh, the size of a bus stop yeah because people actually get close to it exactly and that's where, that's where they can see detail but like a billboard that's like you know like on the on like the on the top of a building up. yeah yeah like uh, apparently those prints are actually like giant dots yeah that's all it actually is get close even know? like in Paris when you get up to you know because they're like they have the inside the metro like their subway they change the ads it seems like every single day. Mm-hmm. And when you get up close to them, it's literally just dots. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it is. You can see what the dots, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. 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 yeah like when I do stuff for uh, like gallery showings for my book or something, I just make like, I'll get them printed in uh, 70 by 105 centimeters. I can't remember inches right now, but I'll get them in that size. And it's close to this, you know, to this panel on the wall. Mm-hmm. If I can get up close to it and the detail is good, then I'm cool. Anything yeah. bigger than that, then it's, yeah. I know we're not going to be that close to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right, all right. yeah, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Vegas. You just like, oh, well, yeah, I know we can't talk about dates. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even say that. Yeah, we could cut that. No, you can say that because um, uh, we'll just put it as Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just cut that. We'll just, we'll just put it as Christmas. Um, so uh, let, let's, let's take it back to, because um, I, I don't even think I know this story. Um I know a little bit of your history, but I don't really know why you picked up a camera. Uh, okay. And so, so, so maybe take we'll, us back we'll on a journey. Beginning. Yeah. How did it start? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I had my, I think, intro to photography when I was a kid. Not really, but like my mom, when I was a kid for Christmas, she bought me like one of the, remember those old film cameras that were like, uh, they were just like a block like a like a oh, like a long uh, oh. rectangle. Is it film? It was a full. It was like a I remember it was camera? a full. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it a one ten camera? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's little weird canisters that like, 
like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had one of those and I remember I lost it. So I was just like, okay, well, this isn't for me. Yeah. And then when I got to college, um, I played football. So I played at the University of Kentucky, uh, wide receiver and punt return. And I had a, like a Sony cyber shot which oh, nice. I got yeah. j literally just because I'm like- I remember wanting one of those too. Yeah, well, I got it because I was like, well, I just got here to this college that's playing in the SEC. We go to these huge stadiums every week. Mm. I want to have a camera so I can like, you know, take pictures of the memories and also like the locker room talk, you know. And um, so I got that camera and I would just take pictures like in the locker room or like different stadiums and such. And I remember we went down to University of Florida to play them in the swamp. And at halftime, somebody from their staff went in and just stole a bunch of our shit. So one of the things that they took was my camera. Damn. So that's once so they took it, I was just like, well, I guess this ain't for me again. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of like let it go. Um, fast forward a couple of years to, I think it was 20, 2007, no, 2000, in 2007, I started working as a, 2006, as a parole officer. Um, and then, oh, and working in prisons and like uh, halfway houses. I did not know that. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. part of my life that uh, it was interesting, but I don't want to relive it. Yeah, um, I mean, you it's, it's parole officer goes through everything a, a cop goes through mm -hmm. completely. Wow, you yeah, go so. through the thing is you go through everything a cop goes through. You get the same twenty year retirement because it's hazardous pay. Right. But right. we we kind of had like more rights than the police. Right, like yeah. for the police to search you, for example, they have to have um, what's it called um, probable cause. Yeah, mm -hmm. whereas for us. The police would always come to us for people that were on paper because they're like, mm. you guys only need reasonable suspicion. So right. if I just think yeah. that you got something in your house, I can just go in and check. Yeah, it. yeah. What? You know what I mean? well, yeah. But that's because you're working with people who are already on, yeah. on watch. But that's what that's on what I found. Parole. Like, so I started in uh, Kentucky, and what you realize is like a lot of these dudes are just on paper. Like a lot of the criminals are repeat offenders. Yeah. So the police would always kind of call us, and it was just I hated doing that job because. Yeah. Like I, where I'm from, like I, I have a huge family. My mom is one of 16 kids. Mm -hmm. And wow. so I just have a ton of cousins. And unfortunately, a lot of them have been in and out of the prison system. Yeah. So a lot of times I felt like I was locking up my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this ain't for me. Yeah. Um, Real quick, like my brother, my brother was a parole officer and kind of the same story. Um, yeah. He was a parole officer for not too long, three years, maybe. Mm -hmm. I say. Yeah, that was And me. a lot of our friends were in there. Yeah. Like my brother would be like, yo you know this guy's in there and i'm like what mm -hmm. like yeah we a lot of our friends were in there and yeah. they would call him by his first name which i guess you're not supposed to do right yeah you're yeah. supposed to call him yeah so he he'd always yell at them because he'd call him mm -hmm. his first name and they'd be like bro you gotta call me by my last yeah. name yeah and it like so so i split i had my first year or so year and a half in kentucky and then i switched to uh northern kentucky. virginia like near washington dc and i left kentucky because for one it was just like the salary was super low and then also i remember there was one day i was uh this woman called me on the phone about her daughter who was on my caseload so i was in charge of 126 felons wow yeah that's, i was like 22 years old well, well, okay and um, i was just about to ask you what age <laughs> and she um she called me crying her eyes out and she's just like uh she said yeah you gotta help my daughter you know she's on drugs and she's you know she's gonna kill herself and blah blah and i'll never forget this year. i was in my office on the phone and i'm trying to leave so i can go to the gym and as she's talking i roll my eyes like come on yo like hurry up and i just remember i got off the phone and i'm like this ain't for me like mm -hmm. i shouldn't not be caring like i shouldn't yeah. be desensitized to this you yeah. know what i mean yeah so my thought process was i'll leave this place and i'll go to northern virginia near dc because one it's home so i can be closer to my family like at mm -hmm. this point i was 10 hours away but then also i was working with 18 to 21 year olds 17 to 21 so it's like i can kind of catch them a little bit younger you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah and then when you get with them, you just realize it's the same shit, except now they're enabled by the court because the court never 
puts it on them. They put the responsibility on the parents. On the parents. So he's just like, yo, this is the lose lose. Yeah. So at that point, I was just like, you know what? This ain't for me. My degree is in my bachelor's is in sociology. I'm just gonna go and do my master's because I can't really do anything with this degree except social work, and that's not what I want to do. All right. So it's like I can either go to school or I can go into the military as an officer. All right. Mm -hmm. So I told myself I was gonna go into the Navy and just like fly, mm -hmm. right? I go in as an officer, like I'm cool. I had a meeting with the recruiter on a Saturday morning. I'll never forget Friday night. I went to sleep and I had a dream that the drill sergeant kept making me do push-ups and cursing at me. Mm -hmm. And I woke up Saturday morning, I was like, fuck this. Didn't go to the meeting. And I just, at that moment said, I'm just gonna do my masters. Cause I can't have somebody screaming at me. Like I didn't even yeah. like when my football yeah. coaches did it. Right? Really? Yeah. I hated it. Right. So, so long story, a little less long, like I ended up looking at different uh, master's programs. Right. And I found that I was more interested in international relations. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at programs in Paris and Rome and in London. London was way more expensive. This is like when the pound was crazy. Yeah. And Rome was farther away. So I was like, well, shit, let me just focus on Paris. I had been there before just because of a story for another day, but I booked, I booked a trip for <laughs> me and somebody I was dating before and it ended up getting canceled. And I was just yeah. like, well, I'm still going to go. Yeah. And when I went, I just ended up meeting super cool people who happened to be oh, photographers. Right. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, they're out here kind of living their dream. This city is dope. And I feel like if I move here, I already kind of have like a support system. And I took, not for nothing, I took French in college. I didn't mm. pay attention. Yeah. Because I was an athlete, like you just whatever. Yeah. But I still had like the vocabulary in mind. Mm -hmm. So I decided on Paris and I ended up moving. But right before I moved, this was the year when George Bush put out, sent out the uh, stimulus checks. Remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. And so when I got mine, I'm like, well, what can I get with mine? I think I'm going to get a camera because my family's never traveled to Europe. And you need it for groceries. Hell no. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'll get a camera that way. Like my mom, my brothers, everybody who's never seen Europe can actually see it now through like my camera. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to use them, use yeah. one, but we'll you figure still it out. Don't. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So, so I ended up driving to Raleigh, North Carolina because they had their, um, their circuit city had like the lowest prices. So I drove from DC yeah. to Raleigh one day after work, bought this camera. It was a Sony a three fifty. And oh, that's the uh, small mirrorless. I don't know. Yeah, no, this was like that. this was an 09. So this was like the uh, pointy shoot. Uh, it was a, it was a DSLR, but it was like the entry level. Right, and no, most people didn't. It's and a I, big ass one. I mean, it's big, yeah. It was a big one, yeah. Um, but I bought it was cheaper one because it was Sony too because they were just going out of business. So I bought it. and I'm like, okay, I'll. I didn't even buy a memory card. So for the first three months, I was like, well, shit, why is it not working? And I realized oh, I didn't have damn. a card. <laughs> um, and then it just stayed in my. It stayed in the in the closet because there were so many buttons on the camera, and I'm just like, yo. It was intimidating. Yeah, I'm like, I don't yeah. want to use this. Like, I just, yeah. I just want to take pictures. So little by little, I started walking around DC, like around the White House and National Mall, and just taking pictures. And so then, when I moved to Paris, I was taking my master's classes. And then when I wasn't in school, I was just walking around the city, taking pictures of the buildings, the streets, the anything I could find. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that like all of my friends were photographers, so I would just ask them questions on like, what does this button do, or how do I do this, or you know what I mean. And I just started to realize that they were all in fashion. So it just kind of like spoke to me a little bit more, I guess, because mm -hmm. I was always around it. Um, what's hey, up? Did you say Sony was running out of business or? I think the store. The no, the store. Or the store was, was going, going out of business. Oh. And Sony was cheaper because this was in 
2009 when nobody was using Sony. And this know? wasn't in Paris. No, 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 no this, this was in, yeah, in Raleigh. Right. Um, so, yeah, all I was, yeah. so yeah, so I was just taking pictures of of just the city, and I would travel a lot in Europe because once you get to Europe, it's super cheap. You know what I mean? Like I flew to Pisa for like 20 euro. Right? It's super cheap. Wow. So. Um, it was too much to like, I would send these emails all the time to my mother just so she could see the city. And she would always show them in class to her students because she's an English professor. And I just got sick of sending these heavy emails. So I created a website on Wix. That way she could just log on to it, see the photos. I, I had like- Wix in forever. Dude, yeah. I had a- um, Wix is still top notch. You remember the, um, you could put like music on your website. <laughs> so I had like, I had this, I had OK by Usher that That's I was what it, oh. So it was like mad chill. So you could like look at my was, photos was, and was just that, like relax. Was that on your uh, MySpace profile? Too? Nah, MySpace was, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what I had on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember music was like the thing for your website. Yeah, so you put it on. It's and good. so you, if you would go to my site, you would just see all these like landscape pictures and you know stuff like that. And I started to get bored. So what happened was I would, um, I started contacting models and just asking them like, "Hey, would you shoot with me? Like, I need a subject." And they mm -hmm. would always say, "Well, no, because you don't have a portfolio." It's like, "Well, no shit. Like, I'm trying to get trying one. to build one." Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Eventually, I took some pictures um, and I started and I got posted them on my website. And within a couple of days, I started getting just random people sending me messages. Oh, we love your photos. I yeah. was like, I guess. I mean, I didn't do anything special. I just kind of got out what I wanted to shoot, you know. Um, so it started there. So I started just kind of um, just finding people like around my neighborhood in Paris or just like people I knew and taking pictures of them. To me, they were never good, but, mm -hmm. you know, they just kind of mm -hmm. evolved from there. So you went to Paris because to study politics and worked. I actually, I didn't say this, but I worked for the United Nations when I was there in African world heritage. What the? Yeah, yeah. But you chose Paris because I chose Paris because I took French in high school. I didn't remember any of it, so I took it in right. college because my degree was sociology, but yeah. it was so it was uh, arts uh, college of arts. At the time, was it more for just the credit? Like when you took it um, when i took it in college yeah, it was just like it yeah. was college of art so you have to have a, a foreign language yeah and so i was like all right well i'll take french because i took it in high school even if i don't know it i kind of got the basic you know what i mean mm -hmm. so um so i took the same thing in college for like two or three semesters um and so when i moved it was like okay well i kind of got a the the smallest part of the language i kind of understand it mm -hmm. and so once i found out i was moving i think it was in like september of 08, 08 and i moved in in august of end of august of 09 so i would just listen to like i would watch movies and just put them on french uh french voiceover and i would when i would go to sleep i would put on headphones and put on uh like french talk radio but based in paris because parisians have their own way of speaking and it's super fast yeah. So it was yeah. like not to learn it, but just to yeah. train my ear for when they're talking yeah. that fast. Dude, so that's so weird. Yeah, that's hilarious. Dude. So by the time I moved, it was yeah. like no, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's up? So it's crazy you're saying all this because like I'm currently trying Literally. to learn an another language right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm picking Tagalog because I just want to go to the Philippines so much. And one tip that I just watched today was like just listen to music, radio, watch movies, but like like watch the subtitles in their language and you know obviously yeah. watch the movie because it's it, you'll absorb it even if you don't understand it yeah and it's like what you're saying is exactly literally what, what you're saying yeah. he was literally t he's like dude you know you want to learn something <laughs> he's yeah. telling me about now, that when i would and watch movies saying, so when i watch movies i would watch each movie three times right so yeah. i would watch it the first time with um 
French voiceover and French subtitles, right? Mm -hmm. So I could like mm -hmm. hear it, but then also I could read it. And then the next time I would watch it with um, French voiceover, but English subtitles, mm -hmm. or maybe it was reversed. And then mm -hmm. in the end, I just watched it pure, just French voice. And I would just kind of like- Try to grasp some-, some Yeah, thoughts. like you're not gonna know everything, but at least you could pick out certain things. And then like there's yeah. certain phrases that you would hear over and over and right. over. So yeah. I would just kind of like pause like it common and vernacular. write it down. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, And then I knew people there. So I would just like send them a message like, hey, yeah. what does such and such mean? I would send it like on MSN or something. Yeah. MSN yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I just thought that was funny. I had to stop you because literally he was talking like, yeah. bro, you were in the air when he was telling me about this yeah. shit. Yeah. Like literally telling it me. It helps, man. Like just to train your ears to like, because like I said, Parisians speak super fast and they yeah. got their yeah. own way of like certain slang yeah. that they use. So even if I couldn't speak it, like yeah. it's always slower for you to speak it than it is to like list to understand it because yeah. in your brain you feel like you sound stupid when you speak. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true, yeah. Even now when I say certain like sounds in French, yeah. my natural instinct is, oh, you sound stupid. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I don't like I speak it fluently now, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. you kind of catch yourself. Yeah. I mean, you sound good. I mean, I don't understand it, but I mean you yeah, sound really I good. Right. I mean, I've been there. Like for I wouldn't have known you're an American, you know. Yeah, like when I'm there, if it's someone that doesn't know me and I start speaking French, then they they either think I'm from there or they think my parents are from there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it sounds really yeah. good. Yeah. But to be fair, like I've been there since '09. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean. Still, yeah. So I mean, yeah. It, like we, uh, we're 2023 now. That's uh, uh, how many years? Is that? I can't. Uh, it's been 13. This 13 is, years. This is my 14th so year. yeah, like what, what? It takes about 10 years to say to like get close to master something. No, nah, I was. Like, I think it took me. I speak better now than I did years ago, but yeah. I had a like I could speak fluently after like ten months. No, oh, wow! But you're That's living good. like yeah. my first. Well, how about how about the part of like uh, sounding authentically? Like uh, yeah, did like people think no, you're a fraud? Like maybe you could speak fluently, but then but did you have an American accent? No, no, no. Like there was maybe there was a like a handful of words that you could yeah. it could kind of come out, but yeah. for the most part, like. I told people around me, yo, don't tell, because French people have this thing of like, if you say something and you have an American accent, they kind of smile and they say, oh, c'est mignon, which means like, oh, it's cute. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yo, don't yeah. tell, like, no, if I make a mistake or if I don't say it the way Fix you it. say it, mm -hmm. tell me, Fix because it. I don't want to sound I like, want that too, yeah. so like my first, I moved there, I started classes like September 4th. And so I, I was there from then until Christmas, then I went home for the break. But that first couple months, I never spoke French because in my brain, I thought I sounded stupid, right? Mm -hmm. And in Paris, you could live there forever without speaking French. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like that's, you can just. That's how I feel about like Philippines, where it's like, like uh, part of me sometimes feels silly that it's like, well, everybody speaks English in the Philippines. Yeah, but but, but I want to learn it. Well, that was the know, thing so is like, like, in one side of my brain, I'm like, well, you don't have to learn it. You just here for your masters, and then you're going back home, right? Because I thought mm -hmm. I was leaving after I finished. But then the other side of your brain is like. Yeah, you're being mad disrespectful. Yeah. Imagine somebody yeah. comes yeah. up to you in the, in South Carolina and just starts blurting out Chinese. You're gonna get kind of annoyed because like they're trying to force that on you, and when yeah. this isn't the place for it, you know. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I mean, America doesn't technically yeah, have a, get what you're a, a we language, but you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's like that was a good way for me to learn. Like mm -hmm. I I had a full grasp on it after a couple yeah. months, and then after that it just kind of. get you know, got better with like slang and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, just to, to, I guess, uh, to, to bring over to the photography side again, yeah. but like, you know, I guess like the obvious answer or obvious answer is that like a lot of your friends were already in fashion, but do you feel like you were accelerated into the fashion world because you were in Paris, which is like, yeah, well, from, like it's the, 
Look, I'm fashion from Virginia. Capital, right? You so put the like, cheat code in. Yeah, I'm from Virginia. I, I mean, so, but like, like you basically learned photography in Paris as well. So yeah. It's like, well, so. that's the thing is like, it's weird even when I, uh, when I get like new clients and I explain to them that like, I'm an American photographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't. I've never done photography in the states. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be American. But everything I learned with photography has been in Paris. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's a weird mix because a French photographer will tell you. I don't shoot like them. Whereas an American photographer will tell you, I don't shoot like them. It's kind of like you lived in Virginia before, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to, if you're from Virginia, from where we're from, you go up to New York, they'll say you sound Southern. Whereas oh. when you go to Florida or Georgia, they say you sound like you're from the North. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. for my style, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like aesthetically a little bit French but then it's a little bit American based on my experiences in life. Mm, so yeah. I, I never know what to tell people what my style is. I just tell them, I just see all the things that I don't like and I try to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because like my experience with other photographers has been all Americans. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they all live here, they all moved here or they all learned here. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that's interesting because like I, I have met a few photographers that, uh, that are from overseas and yes, like I do on Instagram, follow them, but I don't get to meet them or see how they are like on set or something like that. Yeah. But so, yeah, you just brought like a whole different thought process of like a French style or a Parisian style. I don't know which is the, the correct terminology, but like, yeah. uh, uh, oh, I guess Parisian's Paris, right? Mm. So, but uh, yeah, like, cause it, yeah, it's just like a whole different thing. I haven't really like thought about as like a style based on where you're from so yeah i mean i can see people's styles when they shoot you know mm-hmm. what i mean like most photographers that are from the states when i see their photos i can tell they're from the states mm-hmm. like if they're italian i can mm-hmm. a thousand percent tell they're from italy yeah. Um, yeah, but does location help like what do you mean if you saw like what's per- available to you yeah because mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like if you judge it by their location and their, it's not just the that. people but it's he, the location but it's also just the style and the sensibility of like how they shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. French photographers just shoot a certain way. Mm-hmm. Italian photographers. And this is this Italy is based on photos first before you even know anything about the photography, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but like, like excuse me, Italy is just a loud country, right? Mm-hmm. You look at anybody that's from there, what do they wear? Big ass Hogan tennis shoes that are super ugly. I'm saying I'm sorry. Um <laughs> But everything they wear has a huge logo or patent leather or something because it's yeah. just how, you know what I mean? And so a lot of that, a lot of times their photography kind of reflects that. Yeah. Whereas when you go to France, uh, especially Paris, their style, like you could see a woman in the street who's dressed in 10,000 in clothing, but you would never know it because everything just looks super like discreet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the photographers shoot the same way where it's like conservative, but still kind of pushes the edge, like as far as like beauty. Mm-hmm. And then in the States, when I look at the photographers from here, you can all like not always but you can almost always tell that money is the first thing mm-hmm. you can always tell that like the budget is supposed to be on showcase look at this mm-hmm. look at cinema look at that film. Makes sense. yeah you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah. like if you look right at, when you said that i was like oh yeah if you look at the film industry why why are they making the 1300th version of fast and furious or now in indiana whoa, jones whoa, 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 I, and i like whoa, them jones whoa, but whoa, whoa, whoa. or get on the mic again or Sorry. Or an um, Indiana Jones number eight or something like that. It's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's just bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So you don't even pay attention to the plot. You're just looking at like the explosions and the money they spent. But the budget makes sense too. But but Avatar too though. I was was waiting for him to say that too. I didn't see it yet. It keeps, it's sold out. I haven't seen it yet either. I I only know about the budget. I'm trying to go (laughs) see it it in uh, 4D, but it's sold out every day over there. But I heard the movie deserves its respects, right? 
But like the budget thing, right? Like for example, all these shoots are like huge productions. Even the photo shoots, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's like hundred people on set. Yeah, is, and it's different in Paris, right? Like it's a smaller team, but it's yeah. all high quality and everything. Ooh, that's like why I hate shooting. It. Higher. I mean, I I love the the vibe and the atmosphere and the weather of LA. Mm -hmm. I hate shooting there. Same. I hate shooting there because everybody is just focused on how much they can make and themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like anytime I contact a modeling agency there for no matter what it is, the rate is triple what it should be. Mm -hmm. Just because all they care about is the money. They don't care about the fact that like these photos are going to be beautiful and your model will be able to use these to get booked on this yeah. or that or whatever. Or it's just a dope project. All they care about is the bottom line, which is how much can we bring in? Mm -hmm. And I like, so every time I'm there, shit, shit just makes that's, my skin crawl. That's the American so, way. So, dude. I, I hate that shit though. That's, so that's what happened to me. Like I went to LA to do fashion. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I love this. this so I love doing my own shoots. I love doing all that stuff. Like all that stuff was fun yeah i loved hanging out with the people i worked with i loved seeing the outcome moved to la worked with all these like bigger people bigger companies and i was just like i just met so many selfish people that were just in it for themselves mm -hmm. they wanted to go like i get networking and stuff but it just wasn't me and it's just like i felt fake being around these people yo and i, I felt like up, i had to be someone else you know what i mean i hit up because i got a shoot in la um soon and I have a couple off days, so I hit up like some stylists just to see like you know who's in town, who would be interested in just doing mm -hmm. like some simple photos, but like just a personal shoot. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't think my work is trash, so and I then, do appreciate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think my shit's trash, and I say that because like in the end, you'll benefit from the photos as well. It's not mm -hmm. just me; like we'll yeah. all have something in the end yeah. that we collaborate on even that we can use. And they all the first question they ask is, "What's the budget?" It's not what's the mood board. It's not who's the model. It's not where are we shooting. It's not yeah. what ideas do you have. It's yeah. what's the budget. And it's mm -hmm. like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like who yeah. cares? Like, yo, do you know the that like most of the shoots that I have, I don't even have an assistant. Yeah, like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, it's annoying sometimes, but yeah. yeah, I just I started photography that way. I started mm -hmm. photography literally walking around Paris and taking pictures. So when I'm on a photo shoot, like I get people my inbox every day, somebody asking if I need an yeah. assistant. I'm just like, yo, I don't even know what to tell you to do because yeah. I'm just so used to doing everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the crazy thing, your work is amazing. Appreciate it. The far out, your work is amazing. Mm -hmm. Every time I see your photos, I'm like, damn. And I'm, I guess this yeah. is the, the American Every time part. I see that shit, I just think of, damn, this could have been different. Yeah, that's everyone, right? Yeah. But like every time I see your photos, I'm like, damn. And I guess this is where the American side comes in. What was the budget for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want me to tell you? No, because it looks like your shoots are huge. And then it's just you with a fucking camera. And that's the thing. You've with been no with lights. Because he, he came with saying. me it's in Mexico. It's just you with a fucking camera and no lights. Yeah. You're just out there shooting. I'm yeah. like, God damn. So one of my boys, man, he's um, he does like video production. Um, so like music videos and uh, short films and yeah. stuff like that uh, in Paris. But he connected with everybody and we were having lunch one day and he looked at my book mm. and he bought a copy like right away we were in the middle of a restaurant and he just like ordered it on apple pay and whatever and um to me that like that meant a lot because my book ain't cheap like it mm -hmm. starts at 250 you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. and he he got it and he's just like hey man between us what was the budget on this book because i'm only on the second series but this looks crazy bro and i'm just like what would you think it is? I'm just in my brain, yeah, like, no, that's a good entertain question. me. I'm like, big, what would you think it was? Yeah. And he's like, for me, as someone who works in production, I would say a quarter of a million dollars. Yo, Shit. I laugh my head off because I'm like, yeah, this wasn't that. 
like mm-hmm. but you know how it was it came out that way because yeah. i just do everything myself there's a lot yeah. of blood sweat and tears 100 percent. let's talk about the book so the book is right here it's on the table um is it okay if we show the stream i could put it on the screen tell us the yeah, name yeah, yeah. tell us the name why yeah. did you make so, it so on the cover it says nita um and then you can see this text which is does the camera pick this up I'll put it on the screen. Not right now, but we can probably. So you can hold it if you want. Yeah. If the, you want the text on on the book cover. Everyone asked me like, "Oh, what is that? What is that?" It's actually um, one of my best friends from since I was twelve years old, Jason Woodbury, who's a uh, super talented artist from Virginia, but now he's based in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and he created his own text called Lax, which is based on Her- uh, Henrietta Lax uh, from before, before. Like, do you Google's? Because I don't. Okay. Really have okay. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But. Google. Um, and this was a, a text that he created specifically for African Americans. Um, mm-hmm. He had it on display, I think, at uh, either US, UNC or Duke University, like a super huge thing. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I just asked him, like, because my mom and him were super close, and I asked him if he could do the cover. So the cover is literally my mom's name, Nita, which is chanted at, like mm-hmm. as a song over and over. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. And so the full title of the book is Nita, an Impossible Dream. Uh, and the impossible dream part comes from three different things. One is the dream of my mother, who was an English professor, a literature professor, but she grew up one of 16 kids uh, in and out of foster homes, like sexually abused when she was a kid, but all she ever wanted to do was be a teacher. Hmm. One of the last, within the last three texts that she sent me before she died, my mom died suddenly at the end of 2019 from a random asthma attack. Um, but she sent me a text saying, can you believe I just passed 20 years being a teacher, which was my dream since I was a little girl. Wow. Right. Like a professor. Yeah. Um, so that's one part of the dream. The second part of the dream is that this book literally came from a dream. Right. So my mom passed. I've, <clears throat> I was in Paris. My brother texted me and just told, asked me where I was. Right. Since the terrorist attacks in Paris in 2015, whenever mm-hmm. somebody asked me, where are you? I immediately checked BBC to see mm-hmm. like what, see what, what happened. Yeah, see what happened in the world. And I'm like, I'm in Paris. Why? He said, come home. Yeah. I said, why? And he, he, he just said, mom. And I'm like, the fuck? what are you talking about? I just talked yeah. to her two days ago. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm in a jacuzzi with your aunt. I'm living my best life. I'll call you back. Right. Super happy. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah. what are you talking about? So I call him. I'm like, what's up? And he's just crying on it. My brother's a lawyer, like the hardest person you'll yeah. ever meet. Yeah. And he's just like, mama died. And I'm like, the fuck? She's only 57. What are you talking about? So long story less long i had to fly to the states that same day a 10-hour flight where i'm literally just sitting on the plane like i don't have any news except that i lost my best friend that's all i know like mm-hmm. my me and my mom talk 20 times a day you know yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> so i'm sitting at her funeral and the way the church was split up was like on the right side was like family friends and the middle was like her her co-workers so like her students and her um you know her colleagues and then on the left side of church was all of us so like her family which that was a ton right um i remember going into church i never looked at the front because for me i don't like looking at people i like my last image of you to be the last thing that i see i don't like looking at people in the casket because they never look the way Mm -hmm. they're supposed to right yeah so i never looked at my mom that day um but i remember sitting there and just listening to all her students and her colleagues get up and talk about like nothing like her and like her being inspiring to them but nothing to do with teaching it was Mm -hmm. all about like yo 
when I found out I had diabetes, your mom took me to the doctor and then she told she taught me how to like do my measurements and do this or that. Or when I told her that I had a new boyfriend and I was going on a date, your mom made me wear what I was going to wear on a date to the class so the class could judge me and make sure it was good for this guy, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like just a really good person. And so I just remember sitting there and thinking, you know what? I told my mom that I wanted to do this project, Nita. It wasn't called that before, it was called Four. But I told her, but she was the only person I told about it in 2015. And I never did it because I didn't have the money. Right? It was super expensive. The original idea wasn't a book. It was an exhibition that I was going to go around the world and just shoot black models in these beautiful locations just to show the strength and the beauty of black women. Because my father died a week before I turned five years old from cancer. So I was only raised by black women. Right, So it's kind of like an homage to them. Um, so I'm just like, yo, I'm going to do it. I don't know how, because it's going to be mad expensive with all just all the money and the funds I got to put up for this, right? So I left that night from the from Virginia to go back to Paris because I just didn't want to be around like the that atmosphere. And as I'm in the flight, I had this dream. I had to go uh, Norfolk, Virginia to New York and then New York to Paris. And then the New York to Paris flight, it's like seven hours. So I just had this long dream. And at the end of the dream, my mom came to me and she just gave me a hug. And when I pulled away from her, she smiled at me and like just like she did, just like she would do in real life. And she said, I love you. And she handed me a, an envelope with a check in it. And I remember I woke up in Paris because it's always like the overnight flights. So I remember I woke up and I'm just like, the fuck? <laughs> you ever have a dream where it's like it feels so real that you mm -hmm. wake up and you're just like, no, nah, I want to go back to sleep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was one of those. And I got up and I'm just like, I don't know what that meant because a therapist will always tell you like a dream has a secondary meaning. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't know what it meant, but it was just good to see my mom in that moment because for that for the days leading up to her funeral every night i just had a different dream of her last moments of life like dying and i had to watch it from literally a different like camera angle right mm -hmm. um so the fact that i got to watch her now just like giving me a hug saying i love you and giving me a check it was like this is cool you know yeah. so i go to the office i go to my office and i had to go to the bank that day for just take out some cash and my oldest brother the same one that told me mm -hmm. He um he sent me a text. He was like, "Hey, what's your bank account information?" Yeah, I'm like, "Uh, my French bank." He said, "Yeah." I said, "Uh, why?" He's like, "Cause I need to send you some money." I'm like, "Oh, just send it to my PayPal." He's like, "Nah, mom had a secret life insurance policy that none of us knew about, and I gotta send you some money, but PayPal is gonna charge me too much." I'm just like, "Fuck!" Like, my mom was like a little ghetto girl, so I know she ain't have a lot of money. And growing up, she would always tell us. Yo, I got a life insurance policy that's worth $10,000, just enough so y'all could put me in the ground and take 500 each and go on with your life. So in my mm -hmm. mind, I'm thinking like, I only got 500 bucks. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is like a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. So he, so I gave him my information and he, he sent the money through. And I'm just like, is this what my dream was for? Was mm -hmm. to tell me that she like- came, She came to you. Yeah, it was like yeah. when I was just- Hours before at her funeral saying, I'm going to do my book, but I don't know how I'm going to do the money. Yeah. Then I have a dream that she gives me a check. And then the next, literally the next day, my brother says, I got some money for you. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like everything. Like I always believe in signs and I've always been kind of led by my dreams. And so that was kind of like the second part of the dream of this book was like, it was literally financed by something that came to me in a dream. And then the third part of it is just because every single photo shoot in this book is nine of the shoots, nine shoots in the book. Every one of them came from one of my dreams because when I was a kid... My mom would always tell me when I woke up to either tell somebody a dream, if 
if it's a bad dream, tell somebody about it or it's gonna happen. Because she had a bad dream that one of my cousins died from asthma and she mm -hmm. didn't tell anybody and he died two days later from an asthma attack. So, and that's when he was 13, so I was like oh, six wow. or seven. So from then she would always tell me, either tell somebody your dream or write it down. So I would write down all my dreams. So every photo shoot in that book is in the notes app on my phone. Like I just woke up and I typed it down real mm -hmm. quick before I forgot it. Which is good to do because you always forget them, right? Yeah. And, and your mom said, write down your, or tell somebody about your dreams because- If it's a bad dream. It's a bad if dream. it's a bad dream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you don't want it to happen, yeah. tell somebody about it. No, that's crazy. Cause like uh, my mom has dreams as well. Mm. And she like, it's crazy how accurate. And, it, and like before things come around or come true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's nuts. And I mean, that's kind of what I want to say. Cause Bree's the same way. Mm. Yeah. Bree. And she tells me all the dreams and then sometimes a lot of them come true, which is yeah. a lot. Of, and I just try to follow story. them. Like even look at the fact that I moved to Paris was based on a dream that I had that a drill sergeant was screaming at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Ah, that's true. Yeah. So, so to dreams. Yeah. So anything with me that's with dreams, I'm just like, all right, like I, I'll, I'll listen to it. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's how the book got started. Um, Let's talk about the process. The process was I got that money. I think that was in December. Was it um, Was it basically, you don't have to say any numbers, but like uh, solely funded by the amount that was given? No, no, no. no, no. I used funding from everywhere. I mean, it was yeah. mostly funded by that, but then there was also like a majority of it was that. But then I also, um, when they sent out those, when Biden sent out those checks during uh, COVID, <laughs> that yeah. shit went straight to the book. Or when I was nice. working, I put yeah. money into it. A lot of I, hookups too. Yeah. I mean, you, when we went to Mexico, we, we were at like a luxury resort. Bro, they resort. gave us, I like, sent them an email. So basically what happened was I got the money like in December, like all of it, right? And I let it sit in my account. I was working for a creative agency in Paris, but I hated it. I fucking hated this job. Can I curse on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. All right. yeah, I hated this shit. We'll bleep. I'm kidding. Just going every day and knowing that like I could be doing something else is going to fulfill me more. I remember you know those saying? text messages all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so me and my, I took my girl to uh, Positano in Italy, like on the Amalfi Coast mm -hmm. for like two weeks or something like that. And um, just like in August, because everybody in France goes on August uh, vacation. So mm -hmm. we get back August 24th. We have a team meeting at the, uh, at the job. And then they have a second meeting. And the boss is like, he was cool with me. Like I bought this dude Jordans for his birthday. Like we were just mad cool, right? Mm -hmm. So he he's like, yeah, we have like a creative meeting and I was in charge of business development. So he's like, you want to come to the meeting? All right, cool. So I go into the meeting. The girls are in there. He's talking to the creative directors, all that kind of stuff. And then the girls leave. And as they leave the office, his office, I'm like, so uh, what did you want me to work on this week? He was like, can you shut the door? Like, all right. So I shut the door. I said, uh, what's up? And he said in French, on which is French for we're going to stop here. And I was like, what you mean? <laughs> right? And he's just like, your job, we're just going to stop it right here. First off, that's illegal. You're not allowed to just fire somebody in France. It ain't like the States. You can't do that. And like that? Yeah. That's fucking disrespectful. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? And he's just like, we're still in the COVID period. We don't have any business coming in, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there listening to him like, and one part of my brain, I'm like, yo, I would kill you right now. Like, this is so disrespectful. On yeah, the other like, hand. Super disrespectful. And then he had a nerve to tell me, he was like, um, he's like, so if you want to finish out the day, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fam, you really think I'm about to work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I just went to the other side of the office where, cause we had like an open space between me and like all the creative, uh, girls. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just took my backpack. I ain't say nothing to nobody. I just walked out 
And I remember I walked down because it was like in the center of Paris. I remember I just walked into the middle of the street and I literally just looked up and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because I've never quit a job before. I mean, I, I, when I was 16, I just stopped going to work at Burger King. But I don't yeah, know if you yeah. consider that quit. Damn. You know? yeah, yeah. But like, um, it was just, and, I, and I'll never forget because I went home. It's in the video that you helped me put together. Thank you for that. Where I literally got to my apartment that same day and I just recorded a video saying I just got home from being fired and I'm not mad because I'm about to start working on my book. So that was the start to it was August 24th, 2020. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I just started contacting people like Star, mm -hmm. the stylist who went with us to Mexico. I hit Antonio. Yeah. Shout up, out like, to Star. I'm like, yo, I like I need some video for this. Do you want to yeah. come? You know, and he's just like, yo, you my boy. Like, let's go. So I just started reaching out to um to different hotels and properties and resorts and just telling them like, this is what I'm working on. This Crazy. is, this book is literally a fashion book, but it's centered around not dissing anybody else, but literally the celebration of the beauty of black people. Because I do a lot of work with fashion companies and they almost never use black people. And if they do, you look at like the perfume ads by Valentino, or you look mm -hmm. at the photo shoot that Giselle did with uh, LeBron James, right? we're always considered either a beast that the white model is attached to or an ornament for the white model. And I just hated that shit. I remember hearing that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was just like, yo, I just want to do something where we ain't dissing anybody, but we're just like, it's a celebration of us to kind of like just level things out, right? Mm -hmm. And when I explained that to people, the first place we hit up was a place in Mexico. Um, uh, Quick Smiler, shout out to them. Shout out to Davis Gerber. Yes. Because when we got down, well, when I sent them the email, I didn't realize that the guy Davis who runs their uh, their marketing is a photographer. Fantastic Canon photographer. shooter. Yeah. yeah. And um, so like his work is just super can we, beautiful. Can we, can we put his Instagram on here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? Shout and out to um, and um, super cool. So he wrote back and he's just like, yeah, we'll give you guys a villa for uh, four days. And I'm just like, all right, man, but I know y'all's rates. Like, Normally that villa is like six grand or something. Like I can't pay all that for a week, like mm -hmm. you know, for that for that price. And he's just like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like just let me uh, tag along with you guys and like do BTS. And I'm he just like, what a legend, bro. Dude. He loved it too. He Yo, was like, you guys are way cooler than any other companies that come out here. But the week before we were there, uh, Inez and Venue were there shooting for uh, Vogue Paris, which the shoot came out. Uh, it ain't uh, in, uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we might have to cut that. So yeah, I mean, but, we can bleep it. Yeah. But like the idea though was just like he was so cool and like he really believed in just the idea of the project. So he was just like, "Yo, come down here. Don't like the only thing y'all got to pay for is the car, be, like to take you guys around the property because we got to pay for gas and tip for food." Yeah. Other than that, yo, amazing. Antonio saw me so stressed, yo, yes. because. So I didn't realize this. So the last day that I was shooting for this whole book, right? Because I always believe in signs and dates or whatever. The last day that I was shooting was September 3rd. That's the day my mom died. Mm. The day that we started shooting was February 22nd. That's the day my best friend died. Like mm. from when I was four yeah. years old, he died when we were in college from leukemia. God rest yeah. his soul. Um, but it was almost like God kind of gave me these things of like, here, you get to replace those bad memories with something cool. Yeah, You know what I'm true. saying? That's true. Yeah. And like, so when we were down there the first night, Antonio was pulling out the drones and he got the batteries and he's just like, yo, I'm charging up everything for tomorrow. So just let me know where you want me to be. And Star, the stylist, she's in the, um, like in a different wing of like the, the villa pulling out all the clothes, like these super nice gowns and everything. Yo, I started to have an anxiety attack. But when she's pulling them out, I literally just turned around <laughs> and walked to my bed 
<laughs> and I just laid down and put the covers over my head in front of everybody. <laughs> do you remember that now? Yeah. yeah. I remember you being in bed. Yo, I do remember that. I laid down because I was... <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that now. Yeah. What the fuck you doing, bro? Yo, I was so stressed. I forgot because all of, about that. Because in my mind, I'm like, yo, your mom gave you this money to like build something. Oh, man. You are on the verge of possibly fucking everything up. <laughs> yeah. And you flew all these people to Mexico. Like, Antonio came from Vegas. Star came from LA. I came from Paris. I, like, my flight to get to, to um, because nobody knows like my flight routes. I had to go Paris, London, Dallas, LA, LA, Mexico, Mexico, LA, Dallas, London, Paris. Just to get there for this one shoot, right? And then you had the, uh, the makeup and hairstylist and the model come from Mexico City. So in my brain, I'm just like, yo, you, you about to have all these people here for nothing. You about to waste their time. These photos are going to be trash. And I just got, all, the only thing I knew what to do was just go to the bed and just put the covers over my head and just lay down. Bro, I remember, <laughs> and, and it's so funny seeing it from a different perspective because I'm, I'm just like happy, excited. I'm like, yo, we're about to kill this shit. I walk in and DeMarcus is like this. Bro. Bro, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's like i can't believe it he's like what am what, what am i doing yeah. here yo we we <laughs> were like the two everybody else was asleep because like the villa was dope like star got to sleep outside under the stars yeah, yeah. like it was super nice yeah and um get up on the mic a little bit oh yeah. i'm sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. and um me and antonio were we still we were up at like three in the morning yeah and i remember up with, like mood boards and shit you could put it in the video but I'm, i have a photo that you took of me at like three in the morning yeah. with your Leica when i was sitting on the couch by myself with my macbook the black and white one no 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 was there was uh -uh. there was another one where it was in color but I'm just, it's just me on this couch, like trying to like, um, what was I doing? I was trying to like format all my memory cards. And the mm -hmm. whole time I'm just thinking, you better not fuck this up. I remember. Right? And I remember we, like the first day we got up and we just kind of like started looking around the property and like figuring out where we're going to shoot. I'll never forget. We got to, first we went to the the palm tree fields mm -hmm. and and we can put, I guess y'all are going to add like the videos. I mean, the, the photos on the screen. We could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got to the palm tree fields and I remember Antonio was standing there like uh, filming the video. And then I took I took like a handful of photos and I looked at the back of the camera. And my first thought was, I'm going to kill this mm -hmm. book. Like, that's the only thing I th when I saw those photos, it's like, yo, this is going to be so dope. And I was just excited from there. And, and I got to the airport. And you just kept peeking it and peeking it yeah. and peeking it. Every photo shoot we did just kept looking better. I almost and quit. And better. I almost quit after Mexico. Because you're like, oh, that's it. Book's no, no, done. no, no, no. No, because I got to my gate to go back to LA to fly oh. back to Paris. And I I was checking my Bank of America app because I have my French bank and then I have my Bank of America, which is where like all my money from like for the book was. Mm -hmm. I remember I checked my app and I just saw how much I spent on top of the fact that I we got so many discounts and hookups. I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, I still spent this much? Yeah. I was like, yo, this, this book about to be three shoots? Like, mm -hmm. because originally it was supposed to be 12, uh, 12 mm -hmm. photo shoots in the book. And then I just realized, like, yo, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be redundant. People are going to get sick of me. I feel like eight was the number that I was going to go for. And then I put in a ninth one as like, because nine is the number of completion, you know. Mm. But originally it was 12. And then I started to see my bank account go down. I'm like, nah, this You were same. stressing before we even got to the airport. Oh, yeah. We were sitting on the same couch and you are just like, bro, mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'll tell you some funny stress. We were sitting by the pool. Literally sitting by the pool. And I looked at Antonio. I'm like, yo, we leave tomorrow. We need to get COVID tests. 
<laughs> and this dude was like, no, 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 we good. We didn't, we didn't need him going down here. And I'm like, yeah, but we going back to the States. So I just went we on. We started Googling. Dude, yeah. I went on CNN real quick. And that shit said, you have to, like, you don't have to have a test to leave to go to Mexico, but to come back in the States you need. What well, I'm like, yeah. yo, Antonio, what are we going to do? So we just, all of us, me, him, and Star, and um, what was his name? Uh, Mario? Yeah, we just got tested at the airport. Yeah, like we were just sitting around the dinner. 30 bucks or something. We were sitting at the dinner table like, yo, what are we going to do? Yeah, the breakfast oh, interview. Yeah. yeah, and I, there was a moment where I got Antonio's test, allegedly, and I started to like, man, I'm about to Photoshop this shit. And then in the Allegedly, end, but you ended up taking the and, test. And, and I just took it. I just took yes. like a- um, they, hair. Because it was from Mexico, I think they let us take like a antigen, like 20 minute test. Did you just skip your test, that. no? Or did you make yeah. it? No, did, I made it. You made yeah. it? I thought you- Yeah. Uh, that's how I ended up an extra day in Barcelona. Yeah. Same thing. Mm. Just like, I, I didn't know. Didn't know. Uh, got got the test too late. Yeah. Had to spend an extra night. And this Dude. was recently, right? Yeah. This is like, uh, yeah. So they're still doing seven it. Seven months ago. And no, imagine no, it's, it's gone now. I I, oh, I, I, I since then been to Spain again, and I did not need a test to come back. So imagine we just sitting around like at the pool, like, oh, we we go. I need a test. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, it's I, it's fucking hilarious. Now I think about that bed moment. It, yeah. Is now it, you know why. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and I remember you telling me, but it's just funny to think about. You were just in the bed, like. And in everyone else's mind, we're all having a blast, and you just in bed like because I'm because I'm like Yo, y'all having out. a blast, but I'm the one paying for y'all's blast. And yeah, you're stressing. The photos ain't really go- like in my brain. I'm just like yeah, you're stressing. Even if I have like a like a simple portrait shoot, yeah. the morning of the shoot, I want to cancel it just because I always get stressed that I'm just gonna mess it up. Do you mm-hmm. feel for your producers a little more now? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I go pee real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. go for it. Yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah. So, uh, back from the break. Uh, no, I was, uh, I was kind of saying to you just a second ago about like you know you had the pressure of paying for everything and, and it wasn't yeah, it wasn't even just the yeah. financials. It yeah. was just like yeah, yeah. But I, the I remember, pressure of everybody like you're yeah like I called. Project, yeah. I remember I told Antonio about it and I was just so excited. And I remember I never forget I called Star because I've been wanting every time I would come to L.A. I would see her work and I would want to shoot with her. And it just would never work out because there wasn't any money or there wasn't this or that or just the dates didn't line up. And I remember I was jogging in Paris at six in the morning. And I, when I was jogging, I'm like, wait, she's probably awake. So let me call her. So I called her in the middle of my jog in the morning. I'm just like, hey, um, I know. And I'm just like, hey, would you like, and I explained the project to her. Thing is, if you just say, you're like, if I would just say I'm shooting such and such person um, and it's a personal shoot the majority of the, I won't say the majority but probably half of the people that worked on this on my whole book would have said no or would have like you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. whereas like when I really explained the idea behind it everyone was just like this is dope let's go like star yeah. Antonio was just like yes let me come and do the video like mm-hmm. I don't even think I asked him to do the video he was just like I want to come do it star was literally was just like this sounds so dope just get my ticket and get it so I can stay a few days in Mexico to spend time with my grandmother because I don't see her that often. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and that was like, for me, that was super cool because it meant that like, okay, this is something that's like dope beyond me. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. easy to have an idea that you think is cool, but mm-hmm. for other people to think your idea is cool, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the point that like they're willing to work with you on it. Like that's, to me, that's like super you special. Know, I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm feeling a little FOMO. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Star. Now it was great. I mean, there's zebras in Mexico. Mm. Who knew, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely want to talk about, and I want you to go into detail. Mm. Barcelona. Barcelona. 
or Brazil. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Brazil. Yeah, because I know there was some crazy, crazy stuff that happened yeah, on went, that shoot. I ended up having to go there twice, actually. Um, so, so the book is so basically to put it in context, like the book is shot, and within six months, I shot in Mexico, California, Paris, Milos, uh, Santorini, Namibia, Cape Town. Uh, Brazil and Bolivia, mm-hmm. right? I had to go to Brazil twice because the first time that I went was right after we, so, and that was another add-on to Mexico was like, I went back to LA for like, I think a day or so and I had to shoot a, like a, an actress who was having like her, uh, what, are, what are those pictures called? Maternity, maternity pictures? Yeah, maternity. Yeah, 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 I shot her pictures like the day that I got back so I couldn't rest and then the next day I had to fly from uh la to miami miami to rio brazil right so one of my boys from high school went to brazil with me he was my quarterback in high school when i played receiver and he's a therapist up you know up north now um originally from new york and he just kept saying like like we reconnected years and years after high school and he's just like i love that you do this because it's so far of like it, it fits you but we just you were never a photographer before. Yeah. So, like, I would love to come and just kind of see, like, how everything works. So, I was like, well, shit, come to Brazil. Like, I'm shooting there, and it's sunny there. So, you know, you're in New York or Connecticut. If you need a break from the cold, just come yeah. down here. It was, like, February. So, he came. And um, so, he got down there. Mind you, when I got to Brazil, I had, you see this this scar on my face when I squint and here on my nose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I was... I had a layover before I got to Miami in Atlanta from L.A. I was staying at my brother's. I was the same lawyer and just panicking over this book and just how I, re- how I was going to make everything work. Uh, I was walking through his house and I just passed out and from stress and I knocked a hole in his knocked a hole in the wall. And I, my, I went straight down to the ground and hit my face and broke my nose wow. and cut my face up. So I yeah. still got to, I still got to get it lasered off. Yeah. But so I got to Brazil with just a big ass bandage on my face. Like, okay, well, nice start to the, you know, to the trip. Yeah, yeah. So my boy gets down like the next morning or whatever. And I take him to a party one night. Take him to the party. And the idea was just like, okay, I know somebody here. Um, they're having a birthday party. We're just going to go for a little bit, have a good time. And then the next morning, I got to shoot for my book. And then the day after that, I got to fly to uh, to Bolivia to shoot there. So we go out at night, but before we go out, I never forget, and I wrote it in my phone, wrote it in my notes. I told him, I'm like, yo, it's so dope to like, because he kept saying like, why do you come here so often? I've been there like seven or eight times, right? And a lot of times I go alone purely because there's a list of reasons. One is I don't speak Portuguese, right? So when I'm there, people just leave me alone. Like I don't have to, mm-hmm. when, I'm, when somebody's speaking French, even if it's in a distance, I know what they're saying, so I, I'm obligated to hear it. When I'm in Brazil, I don't. I just cut all that stuff off. Then it's cheap. Then I know the city. I know a few people there, so I can get around. Um, and I'm just familiar with it. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like I got to be around stuff that's familiar, right? So I've been there a lot. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I'm like, also this city. Like I've lost a passport. I've had a passport stolen here or whatever. But the city just makes me feel kind of alive in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. I said that stupid shit. And then we went <laughs> to a, par- <laughs> then we go to a party. Um, drink a little bit and we're taking pictures just kind of like having fun as boys like I literally haven't hung out with him since high school but it's one of my closest friends now right shout out to you Vern um, so the next morning we wake up and we just like 
because he kept saying the night before, he's like, yo, I really want to go see the Statue of Christ because we had a view of it from the apartment I booked us, like the Airbnb. Call an Uber at like 8.30 in the morning. We still hung over from the, the night before. So we get in the Uber and there's this girl driving us. Nice girl. She's driving us up and there's two ways to get to the Statue of Christ. You can either, at the base of it, you take like a, a trolley that kind of goes up, you know, sideways all the way up. Or you can drive up by a taxi. No smart person goes up by taxi because on the way up, on the left side of the, you got the statue up on the right, but on the left side, you have Santa Teresa, which is like one of the favelas of Brazil, which is like the slums, right? Yeah, yeah. Anybody that doesn't know Rio, they have like 120 murders per month, right? So it's super, super dangerous. And they don't give a fuck where you're from or who you are. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, um, but it was too early in the morning. We were still hungry. I just didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, just call the Uber. So we call an Uber, man, and we we riding up, <laughs> and all of a sudden, in the, I'm in the back seat with this same model phone, uh, iPhone. I'm in the back seat filming, just like the ride up, so I could send it to my little sister. Right, she's still in the states, and we go over like this, you know, like the overpass mm-hmm. where it's like it's kind of a bridge and it's, it's surrounded by trees or whatever. So once we get over it, he just runs and darts out in front of the car. So she slams on brakes, the car shuts off, and Vernon's sitting next to me. She's sitting in the front, and we just looking. And I'm just looking around for a quick second, and all I'm thinking is like, yo, the way the the, the greens are popping on these trees, mm-hmm. and the way the sun is coming through, this shit looks like a movie, right? That's all my brain is going to. You're not even thinking about the kid in the street. No. <laughs> well, well, at first I thought about that, and then I thought about, I wonder why this kid did that. Maybe that's a thing in Brazil where like the little kids act like they get hit to get money. Right. Mm, so this is really quick. It's happening real quick. But you know, like, you ever have those moments where you realize just how fast the human brain thinks? Mm-hmm. This was one of them where I thought about so many things real quick, right? And just as I'm like, oh, it's just a kid. Like I started to say it out loud. Yeah. Just as I said that shit, this motherfucker took a step back. Like after he brushed off the car, and he took a step back and he lifted up his shirt and he just pulled out a chrome handgun. How old? Uh, when I saw him. I'm like, yo, he got to be all of 16, Damn. right? So I'm like, we just sitting there, and the girl starts screaming, and I just look at Vernon, and Vernon look at me, and we just like, like, he's from New York, like, you know, I'm from, I'm from like a, one of those backgrounds where you just like, okay, I know something's about to go down. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, shit, what's, what's going on? So he, he starts going like, like, he's pointing the gun at the car, speaking in Portuguese, and he starts going like this, and I'm just like, Oh, he's shaking. Uh, not shaking. He's just like telling her, yeah. like, like turn the car off. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, it's already off. So she, he runs over to her side and he puts like, he, he starts screaming at her. She's crying her eyes out. And he's just like, he's saying something in Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese. I know a few words, like enough to get by. I don't know what he's saying, but she just start emptying out her wallet, like bank cards, ID. Once you give out your ID, I'm just like, oh, shit, that shit got your address on it, right? Mm-hmm. So he doing all of that. My dumb ass is still sitting in the back with my phone because I was filming my little, like, something for my sister. And it just hit me in that moment. I'm like, oh, I just got this phone a few weeks ago. It was like yeah. when, when the iPhone 12 Pro came out. I'm like, oh, you ain't going to get this. So I started doing one of these because he's, like, right here at the window. I'm like, yo, let me just hide it behind and i'm gonna just get it low enough where the you know the door panel is like where yeah. the window comes on like i'm gonna get it low enough so he can't see it right bro i got that shit about right here dude was getting her stuff and he he did one of these the double take <laughs> once he did the double take i'm like oh shit he got me 
Mm. Man, he swung that gun around. I was like, I, so I, the phone was on, and I just did one of these. Like, I turned it off, made sure it was, you know, and I gave it to him because in my mind, I'm like, Apple uses the two-step authentication. Yeah. Like, he's not going to get in my phone. I don't care. Yeah, like, you can't get in there. And I got insurance, and I got iCloud, so it's fine. Take my phone. So he took that, and then he looked at Vernon. Vernon gave him, like, three or 400 of their money, which it's not crazy. It's like 50 bucks, right? Well, then he came back around to me, and he saw my Nike backpack. Um, between my legs and it, it was the zip was open right but it was the back part that was open so you can't see anything inside so it really looked like it was empty right of course a smart person would say well why you got an empty backpack with you but it looked empty so I tried to play on that so he like he's like give me the bag and I'm just like my mind literally didn't think about dying it was just <laughs> like yo if, if he take my bag I can't shoot tomorrow and I can't shoot in Bolivia and I gotta go buy all this stuff again like cause I didn't have ins- at the time I didn't have insurance on my mm-hmm. equipment I, I was just kinda like running gun so yeah like so uh, <laughs> this dude man, that shit trips me out so I'm, I'm like this I'm like uh, like I don't speak Portuguese man he pushed that gun over here I was like alright bro <laughs> so I start, I start like lifting up the backpack between my legs, but I'm doing it mad slow, and I'm just like in my mind, I'm like, yo, please let another taxi come, just just one, just one, let it ride by, man. As soon as I got the the bag to about right here, he saw another taxi coming in the distance, and he jumped back into into the bushes and like ran down the back to the favelas. Mind you, he robbed me in some flip flops and no mask. You, you know, on TV, you always see the robber has a mask on. Yeah, we were yeah. a car, because it was COVID, a car full of people with masks on, and the robber ain't have nothing on his face. And all yeah. he had on was some flip-flops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Took all our shit, put it in like a little plastic grocery bag, and jumped back into the woods. And the girl is crying. And I just remember looking at Vernon. I was like, you still want to see this statue? And he just, he looked at me, he's like, we almost died to see him. We might as well go see God now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we go up to the top, and the, the police officers there, they were just like, uh, they're like, okay, cool, uh, come with us. I'm like, fam, we just almost died to go see this. I've seen it before. My boy hasn't, so we're yeah. going to go up. So the cops are laughing, and they're just like, all right, man, go ahead. Like, whatever. So we go up, take pictures in front of the statue. I'll give you that picture. Mm-hmm. The, the, the first picture, like, after we got robbed. We come back like down. like crying and shit. I, I had my head like this, and Vernon's just laughing. But like, um, so the cop was like, he said, okay, well, we can either give you this little piece of paper for you to go online and fill out a police report yourself, or we can drive you to the police station. And I'm just like, bro, if you give me this piece of paper, that means I got to call another taxi to go back down and get robbed yet again. No thanks. You can drive us to the police station. Mm -hmm. So they took us to the station in uh, Ipanema uh, Beach. We started filling out the papers and the taxi girl, she's like, uh, or the Uber girl, she flipping through the... um, what are they called? The mugshot books? Because every, every criminal in the favelas, like, they have to have their mugshots done. So she's flipping through and she's like, oh, that's him. And I look over, I'm like, that ain't him. Like, I, I used to work with the police. Like, I, I can recognize the face. That ain't him. I'm filling out the papers with Vernon and I look over. Man, she flipped one, two, and just like a, the movies, how it always lands on three. On the third one, she flipped the page and I look, I'm like, that's him. And she's like, how do you know? I'm like, because he was right here on me while you were crying i remember his face yo this dude was 22 years old and his nickname was loco and when i talked to the police they was like yeah it's best that you gave him everything that he asked for and give him everything like i gave him so they knew who he was yeah they gave him i gave him my phone and that was about it you know and they they kept saying well how are you guys so calm and it's like well 
Yo, he got a phone that has insurance on it and it's backed up by iCloud. I had some some expensive sunglasses around my neck that he ain't take. I had on a nice watch he ain't take. Mm. All of this is stupid stuff. Like I just, it was too early for me to remember to take all this stuff off. I'm like, and I had a bag full of not only camera gear, but also every day I wear my mom's pinky ring and a cross on my neck. Mm. And I had those in my bag and he didn't take them. I'm like, so why would I be mad at him? Like he took my phone. He can eat on that for the next five months. I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? But it messed up the thing of I couldn't shoot in Brazil that day because everybody was scared because I got robbed. Mm. So I had to fly to Bolivia just with an iPad with no phone to try to make sure my shoot was organized. I shot the entire time in Bolivia after getting robbed, went back to Paris, and then had to go back to Brazil uh, like a month later to shoot in a different favela, which was a whole other story because we had to pay the like ride through the favelas on scooters pay the kids they ride us through while the the the, the banditos they call them the mm. gang members having shootouts with literal shootouts with the police you get always at the top it's a line of them with guns you got to give them uh a bag of beans and a bag of rice and then they give you access to climb the mountain we climb the mountain for an hour and then we could shoot up there the whole time you're shooting you hear gunfire and then Fine. you come back down ride through the same streets of the favelas and then that was the end of the shoot. shoot. Wow. That's yeah. insane. Holy shit. Stupid me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, like I didn't learn the first time. We were on the back of the scooters on the way down, and I'm back again with my phone. Your phone. I was like trying to film on the back of the um I got the video on my phone, I'll mm-hmm. give it to you. But I'm filming just like riding on the back of the scooter. Man, all you hear is oi. Nah. And I'm just like, Ugh. so the dude that's riding driving the scooter pulls over. And these two Brazilian dudes come up and they're like, uh, gringo, americano. I'm just like, see? And he's like, be careful with your phone. Don't have it out because people don't like to be filmed here. Easiest case, they'll take your phone, but a lot of the guys here will kill you. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's going back in my side pocket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same thing in Salvador and uh, a lot of places, really, yeah, right? Yeah. You just got to be careful with your phone and your cameras. And just, I don't know, man, just realize that, like, not everybody lives in the same conditions as you. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm subscribed to a lot of those uh, uh, Instagram pages of, like, uh, animals just kind of, like, in the wild. Mm-hmm. Just because it, re- like, and I've only done it after going to Brazil because it just reminds you that, like, yo, people are animals. And if they need to hu- to eat, if they're hungry... If you're on the menu, then you're just on the yeah, menu. That's so, why. You know They're what I'm like saying? You yeah. follow Instagram pages of animals eating other animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> my, my, I do too. To prep, no, but the reason for him is so he knows. Well, because it just, it reminds you that of what the world really is. Like, yeah. humans are really stupid if you think about it. Like, yo, we created jobs. That's the dumbest shit in the world. Currency. Yeah. Whereas, like... Sometimes you just have to look at the world in the most like simple and basic form, which is you eat to live another day. And so sometimes like when I look at those channels, it just reminds me of that, of like, yo, forget all the other bullshit. Like life is super basic. It's super simple. Don't complicate it with a bunch of human made shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like the internet, all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. Like it's like all the jobs everybody's doing. It's just so you can go home and eat. Yeah and sleep and have a place to be safe it's hard i I try not to think of that because that's what makes life meaningless in a way right like if we're if we're thinking about waking up every day just to like work and then but that's why i've chosen to like create exactly because i don't like 
And I'll tell anybody who's watching this, yo, if you work a job, I was always told by my mom, work an adult job to finance your childlike dreams. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with working a job as long as you do something else with your, like, productive with your time, whether mm-hmm. it's artistic or creative or whatever. So, yeah, like, I'm... There was a, there's, I can't remember the exact percentages, but like for sure, like the, 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 like, I don't know, let's just say 60, 70%, 70% of the people, uh, consume mm-hmm. then the next 20 curate yeah. and, or whatever, whatever percentage like leaves like five Creates. or 1% is the, the final percent is creators. Yeah. Yo, I'll never forget. Um, right before I moved to, um, like when I really, really decided to move to Paris, I got home to my apartment in D.C. This was like when Michael Jackson died. It was all over the news. And I remember just sitting there on the couch and I was just like, is this all I'm supposed to do with my life? Is go to an office for God knows how many hours, come home at five o'clock and just watch the news, eat dinner and go to sleep and repeat? Like, this is the most trash existence ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really, really started to apply for these like master's programs. I only got my master's to not do that anymore and to like not be blocked into this like this way of living you know yeah. what i'm saying because just thinking of it that day is like yo, this is super depressing and it's just sad because like there's so many people i think who have dreams and who have talent to back the dreams but they just won't do it because they're mm-hmm. scared you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so they just go to these offices every day dude there there's a friend that uh, i haven't talked to him in years but at one time he was like friends of friends in this a uh, whole another uh friend group um that i have but uh he just came up to me one day because like at the time my dad and i had our own business um Mm -hmm. doing water and fire damage restoration like completely different from photography yeah um but uh he just uh I, i was doing that and i was like starting photography i was starting to get good um and he just came up to me one day he's like uh he's like man i'm just like so happy that you're following your dreams you're doing what you want to do because I was too afraid to go after my dream. And he had a whole, he literally has a business plan, everything done. All he needed to do was fund it and start it. And he couldn't, he was too scared. Do you know what was his plan? Coffee shop, coffee shop that, that, that he, and I think he was using it as an excuse, but he said that Samba Latte came out and, Mm. and he was like, that was my business plan. Yo, you know how many times people have recreated the wheel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like exactly. his plan could have been better, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I told him, like, dude, this is just proof that it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way the I saw it. I've yeah. never really seen anybody follow their dreams and then get on their deathbed and regret it. Yeah. I always see people. Yeah. I saw this study years ago that said um, the average engineer, and it may be wrong now because this was years and years ago, so it may be out of date, but, like, <clears throat> the average engineer at ibm retires at 65 the average lifespan of the engineers at ibm is 67 and a half damn so you mean to tell me you work your whole fucking life for two and a half years where you old you can't walk around you're too old to follow your follow your dreams or even enjoy a comfortable life and then you just die no yeah yeah i'll spend my last dollars to create something Mm -hmm. if if it's special to me and if i don't make all my money back okay that just means i learned what to and not to do for the next time. Mm-hmm. The, the one of the things that I think about all the time is uh, some guy wrote a book about. Uh, he asked all the old people that you know they're about to die, "What's one of your biggest regrets?" And it's like a book of regrets mm-hmm. of all these old people. And 
it's lit- a lot of them are like, hey, make sure you tell your friends you love them. Uh, make sure if there's something you want to do, do it. Uh, if you have a passion, do it. You know, just do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, every time like there's something I don't want to do or like I think about a friend, I'm like, I haven't called them in a while. I call them, Yo. right? Like how many times I've called you, told you I love you. I how many times I've called you, tell you I love you. How many times? Like I love you guys. You know, it's just like we're friends, man. Yeah. And like this is how it should be. Like we're mm-hmm. we're supposed to enjoy these moments. I'm fucking happy you're here, yeah, right? Appreciate it. And that's why I was like, I want to do this podcast. And like we worked and, all day and take pictures of yourselves <laughs> with your friends. No, because like 100%, I, I, I have 100%. friends who have oh, yeah, passed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like. I had one friend, his, uh, his last name was Jackson, but... Uh, yeah, rest in peace. But, yeah. And that's yeah we both like, knew each other. We, we, we both knew him. We had friends for years, and we yeah. didn't know we had a mutual friend. Which he, was a I told you about him. He's the one that passed out in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, Remember yeah, yeah. when you passed out? I was yeah. like, yo, my homie passed out, and he, you know, yeah, yeah. same same so, situation. So, one big thing at, at the funeral was literally the only picture was a picture I took of him when I was learning mm-hmm. and he was a, he, uh, he was an MMA fighter and we yeah. just took some cool Muay Thai pose yeah. shots. Mm-hmm. And that was like my, and it's just like, it sucks when your pictures end up being like the only things that they have. Like, yo, my like mom's funeral that was literally sad, only photos of like, well, not only cause she had a picture of, of yeah. like her and my brother, but most of the photos were when I took her on vacation to South Africa or to Paris or to Rome or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, like you just realize that, None of this stuff yeah. is promised. And I, I guess now, more recently, I just, that's been hitting me different of like, none mm-hmm. of these days are promised. And you yeah. don't know where, like, I believe in God, but you don't know where the fuck yeah. you're going after this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still like a little complainer when I like, my friends want to take pictures, but now I'm like, yes, yeah, let's take you don't, pictures. You don't know. Yeah. That might be like the only instance that you had. Like my, me and my best friend, yo, we were friends since we were four years old. Mm-hmm. I maybe have two photos with him and they're somewhere in stores because my mom's house was like getting redone before, like while she died. So I don't know where those pictures are. Mm. Yeah, that you hurt. That hurt. <laughs> I was thinking about like, do I have any pictures of Jackson? I was like, I don't. Yeah. I, like, I really don't. That shit sucks, man. Like, and that's why like, that's part of the thing with, you know, um, the more recent deaths, like my mom or like my mentor, uh, Chi Modu, the super legendary uh, mm-hmm. hip hop photographer. Like, I make it a point to take pictures of and with people now just because you don't know anybody could leave tomorrow. Like when I was coming, when I was coming here, mm-hmm. like flying over Canada, we had the worst turbulence. And I was just like, well, that might be it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You don't ever know that. No, I'm literally considered the old guy. Like Christmas. Remember, was oh, it Christmas yeah. or New Year's? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm like, everyone was, gather up. Gather. New, Year's, <laughs> New Year's. Yeah. I was like carrying a tripod, but bro. I was like, I'm a fucking old guy. I was like, everyone gather up. But you also <laughs> like, like you start to realize that like your parents weren't crazy. When you were kids, hundred percent, they just realized yeah. that like your friends to. were leaving and they didn't have photos of them. So when you see your crazy uncle, that's like, all right, everybody get in. It's like, yo, he might have just lost too many people and he has no memories of them now. So he don't want to do that again. Yeah. I think that's what happened to me. Yeah. Like I was like, now I take like you know me, bro. I take pictures of everybody. Same. Yeah, uh, like we were at, um, playing poker. At, what's his names? Oh, Jay Wazley. Yeah. yeah, I was like. This is a fucking moment. I was like, let yeah, me capture this. Is, yeah. Like, the, I just met you guys, but you guys are awesome. Let's Yo, take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and they're I mean, like, just, oh, okay. Yeah, you just realize that, like, all these dope moments that we lived, you will never see, like, you'll never relive them. Mm-hmm. And every day that you live, you're just being, like, you're just becoming farther and farther away from those moments. Yeah. So the only thing you have is memories. You know how many people I know that say, like, at my best friend's funeral, they were like, oh, man, I didn't, because he had leukemia. I knew the whole time. You know, like, mm-hmm. he got it. He had it. Um, my mom thought he had a, uh, what was it? 
thought he had like an ear infection. And then he came home from college. He went to uh, William and Mary mm-hmm. and um, was sick. Couldn't even go down the steps to eat. So she would bring food over to him every day. And they got rid of like it, it left his body and then it came, he came back. And I remember he called me when I was in training camp in football. And he's just like, cancer came back, man. I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm kind of worried this time. And I literally told him on the phone, I was like, oh, don't worry about it, man. If you die, I'll just get you tattooed on my arm somewhere. Mm-hmm. I came home from my aunt's funeral and my mom was crying in the kitchen. And I was just like, what's wrong with you? Like, I mean, I knew her sister was had just died, but she's like, you need to call your friend. I called him on the phone and he was like, yo, the doctors just said I got three days to live. You know what I'm saying? And I just thought in that moment, like, fuck, I don't have any pictures with my best friend. We've been friends since... Like, I'm 20 now. We've been friends since we were four. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out my old film camera in the hospital and took pictures of him. And then I didn't get him tattooed on me, but he had a one tattoo. It was a lion on his arm. So I got it tattooed on my back. Mm-hmm. But, wow. So technically you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Um, yeah, power pictures, man. I mean, yeah. we need to. Can I run to the bathroom one more time? Yeah, go I'm for so it. I'm so sorry. It's all Yo. good. It's all good. Um, what you want to talk about? Yeah, I think I just what you plan on doing in the future. Man, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, that got me, bro. I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like thinking all the photos. I was I, like, I don't think I have like. Uh, we can keep talking if anything, but like, yeah, yeah let's no. just keep it rolling. Um, yeah, I don't think I have pictures with Jackson actually. Yeah, right when you said that, I was like, I started thinking about the moments. Yeah. So I was like. I think if if anything, it's like just a like a couple, maybe. And then uh, and what's it was I one have of photos the, of him, but I don't think I have photos with him, right? Yeah, yeah, same, uh, or very little. And then like with when like all of our friends, we all came together at the funeral, and then that's like when all of us were like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to meet. This shouldn't have to happen for us to meet up and hang out again and yeah. to be together. And then also like the photo thing happen too well we should invite hoel and everybody that's actually a good idea yeah yeah probably should do that it's actually a good idea let's do a game night here oh yeah that'd be fun i'm serious let's do it like next week yeah um but uh yeah yeah it's and then like uh like when my yeah like for me too, I guess like I don't know, we're kind of just beating a dead horse now. But like, yeah, like, well, yeah, we're not using this. I'm just talking about. Yeah. I'm just talking about that moment, man. Yeah. Like I would let that hit the fucking spot. Which one was your boy? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because when when you hit the fucking dude, that's why I piss sitting down now. That's why you what? I piss sitting down because I passed out. I pa- remember I told oh, you this yeah. story too. I passed out standing up too. Yeah. yeah. And I fell and I woke up by some, one of my fucking friends slapping me, waking me up. As, as, as some dudes see it as like a bitch position, it's actually healthy for you. I don't too. give a yeah. fuck. Dude, I, I don't want to die I pissing. Forget, I yeah. woke up off my. He just got his house built. And I remember I, I just woke up and the first thing I remember was like. <laughs> just blood everywhere. Not screaming like high pitch, but just like. Ah, type. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the? Like, Why would you say that? Like, not high pitch because, though. No, because when you hear the word scream, because when I hear the word scream, I immediately think like it's a high pitch girl, yeah, like, like, in, like in a horror movie film. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was just like I remember like I woke up on the floor face down, just yelling. See, I gotta say yelling instead of screaming. <laughs> And I'm just like, why is my face hurt so bad? But as I'm pushing him off of the ground, I just see blood just coming down on his Damn. brand new hardwood floors. And you were just walking around. 
Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were in the bathroom, too. I went to go get Five Guys from the door because it just got delivered. So I had to clean up my face with Five Guys napkins, right? Mm-hmm. And I go and sit on the couch. My brother's front door is, like, behind. So I'm sitting on the couch with all these napkins on my face. My head hurting. My nose hurts. I'm just like, yo, I don't know what happened, right? All of a sudden, behind me, all I hear is my fucking rude brother just like, what the fuck happened to my wall? <laughs> right? Yo. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what the, f- what are you talking about, right? So I turn around like this, and I look. He's like, what is this? Yo, he had a crater in his wall like this big. And he's mad at you. Yeah. And I'm just, and my first thought was, this dude ain't even ask him if I'm okay. He ain't even ask what happened to me, right? But I look at the wall, and I'm like, that's why my shoulder hurts. I passed out, and I fell into the wall and knocked a hole into it. And then after I hit the wall, I just went straight down to the ground onto my face. So I remember seeing that photo too of the wall. Cause you Yo, have a photo of the wall. Yeah. I, you can put it on the pocket. Fam, this dude made me pay him $500 no. to fix the wall. He texted me and was like, a man takes care of his responsibility. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? He gonna get mad at this. Bro. So, Real quick, funny story. No, but, but later on, he asked if I was okay. But I was just like... But you still paid for it. You didn't even ask in the moment? No, no, no. But you still paid for it. He walked in with his girl. So I was like, this would have been the moment for you to act sensitive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, you missed an opportunity. Yeah. But, Remember that time I got shot? I told, I've told you guys about this yeah, story. Yeah, I went the So I didn't realize I was shot. I was walking around. It was inside like the garage. One of those garage with living rooms, whatever. Once I found out, I was in shock, so I sat down. Yeah. Mind you, this is an Asian household. They all had the plastic over the couches. Uh-huh. So the couch is fine, right? It has plastic all over it. Yeah. I sit down because I'm in shock. I got shot on my leg. Mm-hmm. I sit down, and I'm just like, damn, I got shot. And this was during the Navy. I got accepted to SEAL training. Yeah, so you can't tell nobody. So the whole time, I'm thinking, like, they're not going to let me go to SEAL training anymore. Mm-hmm. The first thing I hear... You're bleeding all over my couch. Get the fuck off my yep, couch. Yep. And I look at him. I'm like, I started cussing him out, bro. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Are you serious, bro? I might die right now. Yeah. And you care about this fucking couch? Dude, I just, I remember I got to Brazil. And I'm not to like, use this, but I was just, I just because we're talking about it. I, was like, I just remember getting down there and I'm like, man, I'm running on the beach, man. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get like keep in shape because that's the thing with traveling a lot for for photography is like you start to get out of shape man you start to yeah. get gut because you eat bad sometimes i'm working out and i try to take like a little selfie of myself like feeling proud i'm working out my first day off a 12-hour flight or whatever man all of this shit bandaged up so i'm like man, let me take this off i take it off all of it's just like scarred white meat showing all this. and i didn't know my nose was broken i just knew it was fucked up yeah you know mm-hmm. it wasn't until i got back to paris where i went to go see a doctor because it was still hurting and she's like yeah it's broken but it's already mm-hmm. started to kind of set so you can't we can't do anything now just let it ride out how's your breathing i'm good fucked up it was what, yeah you know, you've never passed out or anything like ever uh I, I used to have like fainting spells but like uh like like not fo- there was only one time where i was actually falling and my dad actually caught me yeah. And I was falling backwards into like a glass coffee table. Oh, so, shit. But, so he caught me. At, How like, old were you? Probably like 16. It was high Jesus. school. Yeah. Dude, I still got the scar on my shoulder from that shit. How, how bad were your fainting spells? Though? Uh, like that was, I think that was like one of the few times I was like actually falling. And uh, yeah. well, I think, you know what? Now I think about it. It's like the other times I was like 
oh shit it's hitting and i would just sit down mm-hmm. and then i would be fine but but it, it would i would just see a bunch of stars and and yeah, yeah it, like every time i got up too quick because the homie jackson i guess supposedly was passing out a lot right and that's how he I, died y- yeah oh, so i, I guess like the details exactly what i was told is that he passed out a lot like he was yeah. just pa- and he yeah, was in the bathroom would, and passed out and yeah yeah i don't know i just I, so i got my food and then i went to pee and then so you did pee yeah yeah oh i thought you said you were just walking around no i went to the front door to get the because i ordered uber eats and yeah I got, I got five guys and i went and i put it uh, i had to go pee real quick so i put it on like the uh the sink on the yeah. counter and uh on like the ledge or whatever and i peed and i grabbed my bag <laughs> and so i was remember, true. like yeah and i walked out of the bathroom and all i remember is flushing mm-hmm. and then waking up screaming yep. next to a bag of five <laughs> so i've passed out pissing he's passed out pissing it's a, it's a thing it's and called then my uh, me- thought process is jackson did the same thing yo it's you remember the french word huh no 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 I, oh, exactly. bourgeois <laughs> pee no because i told him about it um yeah we googled it yeah because um, like uh, men have a, ch- a good possibility of passing out while you're pissing i didn't know that yeah, yeah. it's called um and that's what scared me and scared because it was right when jackson passed away it happened to him mcturition syncope which is fainting while urinating or immediately after urinating this is likely to due to a severe drop in blood pressure mm-hmm. uh syncope is most common in older men and usually when getting up at night from a deep sleep oh that wasn't me then uh, i wonder i wonder if <laughs> Not to mention, like, I mean... You know, sometimes you get the shiver. I was like, I wonder if it's part of that. That's, like, like cold, because like, you're yeah. pissing out a lot of hot uh, water, oh, so your body's adjusting to it, yeah, and you're in the chills. Shit got me. Yeah, but that's why I sit down pissing. I understand it. Um, Check it out. Save yeah. your life. Sit down to <laughs> pee. Uh, so, yeah, so that was Brazil and Bolivia. One question I did want to ask you. Mm-hmm. How did you learn to shoot so good and i'm not like joking like how did you take workshops no what did you have people critiquing you no. yeah you like no because i yeah. didn't want to hear it yeah so. are, you, <laughs> I didn't, are you hard on yourself uh i'm hard on myself like after the fact like after the photos are done and published somewhere mm-hmm. and then i look at it for like two or three times and i'm just like uh this uh, that you know what i mean but like I've never taken a workshop. I've never taken uh, any type of class, any type of, like, nothing. I just walked around the city with my camera, and then I think I watched Cause maybe... Because you, you you're mainly a natural light shooter, too, right? I was before. Now it's a mix. Now it's a mix, but I by far prefer natural light. Natural light. Like, I just, I feel like my, before, before I started shooting my book, I felt like creativity was always, like, cut in half when i stepped into a studio mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's like, how i feel yeah i was yeah. gonna say i feel like you feel like that too right yeah. but like since my book half the mood boards that i come up with for different um fashion shoots are in studio you know i don't mm-hmm. know if it's because of the the temperature i know it's getting colder in paris so I, like mm-hmm. i mentally start to prep for it i don't know what it is but it could just be honestly i'm just more comfortable now like mm-hmm. this was the first you guys know how, like, as a photographer, you don't, nobody looks at your portfolio, right? Yeah. So it's like. It's not like back in the days. Back in the days, they did that. Yeah. Right? So now it's just kind of like, if they want to see what you did, they got to go to this person's web, like, this person's Instagram to see how they, how you shot them. Then they got to go to this brand to see how you shot their stuff. Then, and I just got sick of that. So I was like, I want to have something where 
all you gotta do is look at this book and you can see all of me in it. And that was funny was at the shoot in El Mirage in the desert in California mm-hmm. was I started, I got back to Paris and I started looking through the photos and it was just like, I'm the best. No, no, no. It was like every one of these photos looks like my personality. Like mm-hmm. I've never thought that about my work before, but mm-hmm. every one of them is all based on beautiful places. I travel a lot since I'm 17, mm-hmm. 18 solitude if you look at most of the models that i shoot they're always by themselves i'm always by myself um there's always some type of movement because i was an athlete like but it was crazy because like after the fourth shoot of the book it was like yo this really this speaks to me because this isn't like some commission job that i'm just putting part of it in the book this is all me i love that so like when somebody looks at this book you can tell what my style is, but you can also tell what my personality is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the dopest shit in the world. I don't think I've done anything like that. So it's but, like. But the thing like, is, the, the cool thing to think about Enrique is like, because the way he's mm-hmm. talking right now is like, we kind of have done that. Like the, every every shoe you do is you. Mm-hmm. We yeah, just, just need have to find. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. need to find that and put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what he just said, I'm like, he has movement, you know, individual, like. All that we've done is just like I need because you're all that you're saying is like how can I grab my photos and show who I am in one book? Yeah, and then I got comfortable with honestly with this. I got really comfortable with saying no. All right, I think no is one of the most powerful words in any any language, like because it keeps you focused on what your goal is. You know what I'm saying? Like you get Mm -hmm. you know how many people contact me every day of I would love you to shoot. I would love for you to shoot me in your style. And it's like, yeah, but you ain't really my style, so no. Or I would love for you to shoot such and such yeah. thing. And it's like, but that doesn't really fit me, so no. Do you know what I'm saying? And like with this, there were so many instances of there may have been a stylist or a hairstylist or somebody mm-hmm. who threw in some kind of like suggestion. And it's like, yo, I love what you do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked you to work on this for with me. But no, that's not my vision and that's not what I want to do for this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep this as maybe we can take some other photos on the side that you, you know, if you don't like these or if you don't, if you want something else that fits your style more, we can take some more of those photos. But everything that's going in this book, all 261 pages of this book are there because I I like them. You know, mm-hmm. like most of the time when I shoot for, if I shoot for, I just shot for uh, Harper's Bazaar um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If it's 12 pictures, I maybe like three, right? Magazines never pick the photos that I like. And Mm -hmm. I've just come to, most photographers will tell you that. So I've just gotten to a point where I accept it. There ain't one photo in this book that I can say, not only that I don't like, I don't love. Because there's something behind it, but also because each one of these photo shoots was 2,500 pictures. And I had to get Mm -hmm. it down to 25 (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So those are really the ones that like speak to me the most. So when I look at this, and that's another thing, I've never looked at my book. I released the the um, Johnny Depp. I released the physical version of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At the end of 2021, so like or early 2022, I've never looked. Like I, I get to page once four. it was printed, you're done. Well, I get to page four and I start crying and I stop. All right. The, oh, so you know, you've never done like because I can't because you know where things are. You've you showed me a page earlier, but that's because you know where it is. And obviously Kinda, it's yeah. your book. Yeah, because you put it together. It's but your like, book, mm-hmm. but yeah. So but I you've had, never done a sit down and just. I can't. Like, I yeah. had two events when it when I launched like the the digital version, which was on Apple Books. 
on October 13th because that was like for me it was symbolic it was my mom's 60th birthday so I showed it in LA and then I showed it in Paris and at the Paris showing everybody kept coming up to me saying like we love the intro like the photos are beautiful but the intro brought me to tears the introduction blah blah and I'm just like thanks and I walk away like hmm. I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about because I literally wrote that shit when I was just standing in my kitchen one night, I think I was drinking wine or something, with my headphones on listening to Janae Aiko, um, her song, Surrender, and I was just writing it out. And as soon as I finished, I didn't spell check it, I did nothing, I just gave it to my girl. That's why it has all she, Nah. And she, like, and she put it into a print format, so I never really looked at it. So when they kept saying that at the show in Paris, I'm like, I don't know what y'all are talking about, but when I get home, first thing I'm gonna do is read it. Y'all was sitting on the edge of my bed, and I'm just reading through the intro. And every paragraph, I start to cry a little bit more, right? I can say I cried. It's cool. I mean, I just fucking cried right now. <laughs> and like every paragraph, it's like more tears are coming down. And in the very last part of it, it says um, something about like, um, I present to you my first body of work, Nita. And I literally, as I'm reading that sentence, I went, <gasps> like I made that sound and my eyes just like, burst into tears and I looked at my girl she was sitting next to me she's like what's wrong and I was like I want to read this like I want to look at this book and it was like at that moment for me I was just like yeah this is more than just like a magazine editorial like this is something super cool mm -hmm. and it's like touches the bottom of my spirit you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying yeah um so yeah um so I'm working on a book with Enrique oh. uh we did the WSOP uh last year and I had the same thought. I was like, man, I don't even know if I should do this book. And then remember I told you I looked at the photos like a couple of days ago and I was like, ah, okay, yeah. I should do it. Because so it was like it brought like, back so many memories. It's like a, a year and change later that you look mm -hmm. at the photos again and then now the photos are hitting. Yeah, because it, it was the last year at Rio. Mm -hmm. It was the last year at Rio. And uh, yeah. the, that same year I was looking at it, I was like, ah, is this really like a thing? But that, you know, yeah. that event's been there for so many years. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that was the last year and we were able to capture it. So I was like, mm -hmm. this would be a perfect book for people to see. Honestly, like, man, whatever speaks to you. Just to, and before, like quick. So I haven't, I never looked at my book because I can't get past the intro. Like it just, because it's, it's dedicated to my mom. Like I just can't look at it. Right? Yeah. So everybody else tells me they like it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, Rest you, in peace, mama. You're looking at a book that I've never seen. I've seen all the photos, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen it together. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, anything like that, man. Like, if it's special to you, work on it. Like, yeah. I felt something, so I was like, oh yeah, I see it. You know, yeah. it's like, and it's, I mean, in my mind, I had the goal of okay, I want to make a certain amount of money because I, the the goal in the end is, and I used to tell my mom this, I want to take the money from this and open a a photo studio where I can rent out during the day and then at night kids can come and learn photography and post-production for free, right? Mm -hmm. And I would name it, like, when I, I business plan has been done for years, right? And I needed a name for the business plan, so I put Studio Elaine. Elaine was her mother, her middle name. So she would always text me or call me like, all right, how's, uh, how's Elaine coming? And I was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, right? Yeah. So, so the, the goal of the book is, like, the proceeds go to creating this studio space. Mm -hmm. um, I like that it's, Centered around education. Yeah. yeah. And like, because good. I always tell myself, if I ever move back to the States, I'll probably be a teacher. Not necessarily that mm -hmm. I love teaching, but I feel yeah. like I just would be a good fit for it. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that because my, my end goal for photography is to teach. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's one of my things. I can see that. And like yeah. with, my goal was never, I mean, the end goal was I want to create something with whatever the proceeds are, but it was never like, I got to make money. I got to make money. I just for once focused on, you know, make something that looks 
beautiful to you, to your eyes and to your spirit. Because every time you, and y'all can attest to this, most times when you take a money job, you can tell by looking at it that it was a money job. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can look at it and tell like, eh, I kind of skimped on the art part because they wanted this. This was a comment. This was a uh, an order. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It just happened to be in an art form, but it's still an order. And I just didn't want any of that for this. I just wanted to like really put all of the art into it. And the funny part is like in the first two weeks, I made more from selling this book just on my website than that entire year that I did shooting for magazines. Damn. <laughs> like just because I yeah. found like for once I was just like, yo, the money mm-hmm. is really not important. I just want to mm-hmm. make something that No, it was great. Yeah. yeah if I die tomorrow, somebody mm-hmm. can look at this and say, This is him. Mm-hmm. Do you still have copies available for mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah? Yeah. So um, what's what's your on your on your website or? Yeah, it's uh demarcusallen.com slash Nita yeah, we'll is where you can the buy the book. So I've yes. officially sold half of Oh shit! So we got which is, yeah, which is perfect. Crazy. Yeah, because we it's cool if we put some photos up there, right? On the yeah, yeah. 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 The thing is, like, the book is over two hundred fifty pages, but it's it's a big boy. But a lot of the photos, like, I'll not all of them, but they're photos that I'll post online, and that's always the trick with this type of stuff. Is like, if you're selling something, how much of it can you really put online before people start to feel like, okay, well, what's the point of buying? It's different. You know it's what I'm still saying? different, though, right? This it's, is like. With this, for one, you're buying it because you want to have like a piece of art. Like I don't call this a book. I just call it a photo book. I just call it a book of artwork. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a lot of people feel the same way. So they, they want to have that at home. Also, they're buying into the idea of what is coming after the book, which is me opening a, a workspace where kids can come in and learn. Yeah. So it's like they're buying into that too. Support. Yeah. And um, and I put it at a certain, yeah, I put it at a certain price that I felt like, yeah, like I can make my money back from what I spent, but also it's worth it. And in the end, if it's your art, nobody can tell you how to price your art. You either, they either want it or they don't, mm-hmm. you know? There you go. So, yeah, man. Where can we uh, follow you? At Demarcus Allen, D-E-M-A-R-C-U-S-A-L-L-E-N on Instagram. Um, What's your TikTok? I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. Is, is it just mainly Instagram? Yeah, because my Facebook, I never yeah. check. And then and then your website, of course, if you want to pick up a book. Yeah, it's uh, demarcusallen.com slash Nita. Um, I was doing the, the digital version and the print version, but now it's just print. Um, yeah. Because Let's everyone, that way. not yeah. everyone, but a lot of people that bought the digital ended up going back just like, it's dope. It's not the same. Not I want to touch the paper. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I went through weeks of trying to find like the right paper for the book and, you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So real quick, uh, Andre? Street photographer? Oh, uh, um, Andre D. Wagner? Yeah. So he showed me a street photographer, one of his favorites. Uh, he talks about photo books. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, man. He's like, I don't even look at photos on my phone or anything anymore. He's like, I've learned that there's so many distractions on phones, laptops. He's mm-hmm. like, bro, just pick up a photo book and look through it. Yeah. He's just like, you'll feel that inspiration. And I was like, and then like so that after I after I saw that video, I started picking up books. And I was just like, oh, this is, you know, I was like, on the phone, it. everything looks good on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. pictures taken with an iPhone look good on the phone. And it's different mm-hmm. though too, right? Though, because you're looking at a digital screen. When yeah. you pick up a, uh, a book, you're actually like feeling the, the print. Book. Yeah. And I tell people like, every time somebody buys a book, I always tell them the same thing. Don't look at it until the weekend. That's the first thing. 
right? I don't want you to have a busy schedule like where you start looking at it halfway, you know, half-ass on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. or something. Wait till the weekend when you have nothing to do. Get you a nice glass of wine. Get you some chill music. And I really, truly just want people to look at it and just let their mind go on vacation. You know because, how long... Sorry. Oh, no. But legit because like this whole book, this whole project for me was like... For one, it was an exercise of like how to work through depression. Because like I lost not just my mom, the pastor of my church who was like my second dad, my two mentors, uh my nephew to COVID, two of my friends were died to gun violence. Um, like all these people within like a year and a half. Mm. So, wow. yeah. So like the second time I went to Brazil, whenever I thought I was partying, when they saw like my IG stories, yo, I was there. I had to shoot one day. Every other day I was there, I was literally locked in my Airbnb under the cover sleeping just because I was so depressed. So for me, I also created this book just to have something where anybody who was feeling like those type of, like that type of pain, Yo, you could just look at this and let your brain just go on vacation. Even if it's if you look at this for 30 minutes, where you could just take mm-hmm. it with you to your office or have it at your desk where I just want my brain to just not think about anything, not think about how he shot this, not think about the Photoshop. Just look at it and say, damn, this is, this is beautiful. Like That's all I want people to say. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to, he's breaking barriers. Or he, no, just no, look at it and say, lost. yeah, just, lost in it's just, it looks nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm that's saying? Awesome. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, I told Bree literally the same thing. I was like, because when, when I got the book, I was just like, I'm not going to look at it. Di- I didn't look at it for at least a month because we were working WSOP or something. And Bree was oh, like, yeah. I, was get, I, I wasn't mad at him. Yeah. But some, like, whenever I send a copy out and somebody doesn't write me back, and I'm just like, damn, did they like it? Did they? And he ain't write me back for a while. So I like, didn't look at it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, he I didn't it. look but, at it for but, a minute. Yeah, it was out of respect for the book. 100%. Too. You could ask Bree because I literally told her, because she was like, have you looked at it? I was like, nah. I was like, I'm too busy. I was like, I don't want to look at it until I yeah. want to, like, have some free time and look at it because yeah. I was like, I'm yeah, it's just, I feel like it's disrespectful. To just be like, I remember you told me your mom liked it, and I was just like, okay, bro, I was like, it's, okay, it's crazy. Good <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I, I forgot, I forgot all yeah. about that. Yeah, once I told her whose book it was, she did not put it down for real. And it's, I can't even get my mom's attention like that, yeah. bro. I my swear buddy, to man. God, Doug. <laughs> no, I swear. Like, I was sitting there, like, I was like, mom, this is Demarcus's book. She's like, oh, she opened it, yeah. I expected this. Oh, pretty. Just quick flips and yeah. nah, bro. So, so I'm standing there like this. I'm just like, bro. She kept turning. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get it back. <laughs> yeah, and she just kept turning. I was just like, what I think is cool. A lot of times, right. honestly, is like I'll ask people what their favorite. Like, what's your favorite picture in the book? I probably say the couples, the couple dancing, in uh, Brazil. Yeah, I was gonna say because you were talking about. They're all individual, but then I, I was like, my favorite ones are the couples because they're different. Yeah, because there's two. Okay. Yeah, I unfortunately have not been. To also, but what's funny is because every time I ask someone, their like their favorite changes, and I think that's super dope. The water ones were dope too with the reflections. What uh, location Bolivia. was that? Bolivia. Bolivia. Yeah, I had to shoot that whole that thing with insane. a mouthful of coca leaves. I yeah, I, I, those are insane, but. I, to be biased, I think it's, I love the location, right? That yeah, location yeah. is fire. Mm. I don't know. I really like. I don't know if I have a favorite. I have like favorite photo. I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite shoot. Mm-hmm. But there are certain, for example, um, there's a side shot we can put up on the screen of 
the model that I shot for the oil and water series, the mm -hmm. jewelry series, where she's like, it's a profile photo and her neck is like just stretched out and elongated and she's wearing these earrings from, uh, they're like 200,000 from like Louis Vuitton or something. Yeah. And it just looks super cool. And I don't know why, but that just, every time I see it, I'm just like, I can't believe I took this. But then next week it'll be something else. Mm -hmm. Like it'll be the shoot in Namibia with the guy, you know, who's mm -hmm. like a That was sick guy. too, yeah. I'm surprised you got video of that too. Have you have have you or a thought of getting any specific uh, shots printed and put on your wall, just like for yourself, not for people? But for uh, I thought about it, but mm -hmm. like uh, it's a collection. It's not just a singular thing. So I don't. It's hard. Like you know how it is. Like with your own work, it's for me. It's like it's hard to have it at home. I don't know why. So mm -hmm. like what we've done. Like so now I'm just there. I have a nine picture frames um mm -hmm. about uh, yay big at mm -hmm. home so i'm just gonna make like a, a tile wall and it won't be the photos necessarily from like of the models from the book but it'll be of the locations mm. the, right yeah so nice. yeah i think i don't want photos that i've shot i think mine because i do want to print and it's a drone shot actually mm. of mcdean dennis all like my friends on my birthday the uh, you know how we miss, yeah that day yeah uh i got the drone up in the air and shot a photo is that when i first met you malibu yeah, yeah that day oh my yeah, god yeah we camped out and i was high on uh, yeah gummies. that day yeah. so wow. that i slept in the yeah. tent thinking i was gonna get attacked by like a, a coyote yeah, or something. i remember you talking about that was a beautiful that. day yeah man so yeah that's what i was gonna say i was like it's not even moments of like photography that i've shot or like great photos i've taken it's about that moment right mm, like yeah. all you guys came we drove out there we camped you know uche came like everybody just came out and hung out yeah. my parents came they no, fucking I hate camping because i've never been around like i've never really had a birthday but like I'm, i told you i'm having a huge party for my birthday this year and yeah we might Africa. go but like i it's kind of inspired by your birthday because i was out here and it's just like yo, everybody came out nobody's fighting nobody's arguing mm -hmm. everybody's just at the beach barbecuing your parents were there like mm -hmm. your boys were there from vegas people from la were yeah there. so many different people and we just all had fun all together you know what i mean like i just thought that was really cool mm -hmm. you know yeah so i want i want there's a drone shot where uh, a lot of people are going out to surf mm. and i was i'm not even in that photo it's just like two people i know i think mcdeem and dennis were in it that was the day that your dad was like having a blast with the drone that day yeah yep that's a that's that photo I want printed on the wall. Yeah. Of just it's like a drone, a bird's eye view of a bunch of surfers, and you can just see the water hitting the shore. And I think mm -hmm. uh, we're on the on the beach. Yeah, it's a beautiful that's moment. Dope. That's dope. Um, so yeah, just capture uh, moments with your friends and family. Don't be shy. You know. Yep. Don't be shy to capture those moments, yeah. but also don't be shy to like follow your dreams, man. Like this world is filled with people who never follow their dreams and they just walk around pissed off and angry every single day. Yeah. Your time you know is what short. I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, look how many people, like look at the news today, man. Look yeah. how many people die every day and you look at them, if you know them, you're just like, yo, he literally just took care of his kids and went to work. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't do nothing he, like, that he was passionate about. Or she didn't do anything that was like her real passion in life because she got stuck in the cycle of like working for somebody else's dreams and you can do both you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying if you gotta it's totally cool for like a job to finance your shit but like work on what speaks to you you know what i mean like follow your passions i'm, I don't know, I'm just real big on that cheers to that demarcus thanks for coming on yeah man i'm scared of drinking. i mean we could, we, all day. we could we could we could talk <laughs> forever man but 
happy you're here brother thanks for everyone listening um demarcus thanks for being here appreciate it appreciate it we um, gotta get some sleep we gotta work tomorrow it's late yeah man uh get the book uh thank you thank you so much just be on the lookout for demarcus's youtube channel it'll be coming it'll, up. it'll be up soon i promise i just gotta work well, through something when when the time is right it'll come yeah. it'll be up soon man he just he just gotta keep pushing me like i'm i just wanted everything to be perfect and i try to get him say tonight. it's better to be finished than perfect so yeah I mean, that's what we do with this podcast. We're like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. It. <laughs> and shout out to Zoom Pod Track 4 for saving the day. Shout out to Enrique for purchasing it because, boy, that would have fucked everything up. It would have been two on the mic like the Temptations. Because Demarcus <laughs> is over here drunk, uh, breaking my hard drives. Amen. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, thanks thank for listening, you. everyone. All right. Later. Peace.